0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. at goTodobs.com shop brands, sizes, pricing and our amazing deals. With 40 plus locations, get same day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on go Now It's only a kick. A jump! A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto
0: Centers.
2: Welcome to the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, wherever you're tuning in from. We're thrilled to have you with us. With Super Bowl champ, Gary Davis and Matthew Rocchio, I'm Randy Carricker, CD, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. we got quite a show coming up. We're going to talk to Darren Pang in the 8 o'clock hour. Klaves, as he does every Tuesday, is going to join us. And then another member of your Super Bowl 42. Three champions. Max Starks will be with us in the nine o'clock hour. Looking forward to that. Trying to get all the
3: the forty three Super Bowl member champions at, at some point during during the week. I've been been making a few phone calls. Let's see if how see if anyone
2: else answers. Yeah, your guys. <laughs> These are my guys. Yeah. They give me a call back we have a lot coming your way we're going to uh, fill you in on the bracket today today is going to be the uh, what are we are, are we calling this the potpourri bracket in the uh, the greatest sports families of all time you can go to the Twitter machine and you can follow Matthew Rockio at Rocky SPN Carrie Davis at Kerry Davis 38 I'm at Randy Carricker and you can vote today and here's why I ask the question Matthew because we've got the Williams sisters against the uh, the Sphinx Brothers correct the Sphinx brothers mm-hmm. won mm-hmm. and then we We've got uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. against which Millers? Cheryl and Reggie. Oh, Cheryl and Reggie. That makes sense. Muhammad and Layla Ali against the Barry family, and then you've got uh, Steph and Seth and Dell Curry against Michael and Clay Thompson, and so that you've got Curry against Thompson here.
4: I like yeah. your much more flowery description. Of the uh, bracket, I've been going uh, a little bit more uh, junk drawer binary, I guess you could say, and I've been just calling it basketball plus non-four because it's it's basketball and then non-major non-major four sport, non-major four sport. Call it potpourri. Potpourri is much more flowery. I like it.
3: The the Curry versus Thompson bracket that 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 matchup felt really unfair to mm-hmm. me. I, I would like to talk to the uh, the the people that put the bracket together. Look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't seem. You know, it just didn't seem right to have teammates going against each other in the first round. I'm sure there's a Warrior fan base that is uh, pretty upset about that. Don't be a baby.
5: (laughs) (laughs) More
2: on that coming up at 7.30. The NHL is back underway. Of course, the Blues don't return to action until Saturday when they welcome the Arizona Coyotes to town. And uh, there's a lot of coyotes fans I don't think they're going to take over Enterprise Center but I'm sure no. that there's people down in Arizona that are tuned in that want to hear good things about their ten- their why, hockey team Why do the Blues get such a break uh, they they had a
3: long break to start yeah. the season they were the last team to to, to get all of their games to, to catch up and now they have a long break after all-Star that is is similar to the everybody the gets
2: a buy' mm-hmm. a one week buy that's part of the CBA. And this is just part and parcel of the way the schedule played out this year. You'd probably rather have your bye at some other time, maybe a little earlier, what? after 50 games. But everybody will have a bye during the course of the, the if, season. If you can get this many days off, Randy, and and, and not have to...
3: You know, lose? Oh, well, I was gonna say work. I was <laughs> oh, gonna say oh, okay, state. okay. Sorry, you know, I, I was yeah, gonna yeah, say I, be I, able to take your family out of town or out of yeah, the country I, or do some things. I didn't mean lose, but here, i didn't ready. mean to say that
2: out loud. I was just <laughs> thinking it. I can't believe I said it out loud. I can't believe you heard it.
3: <laughs> we all heard
2: it, sir. <laughs> You're right, though. You're a hunter. Just to get a, <laughs> just
5: take get a deep away, bed, right? Hey, get yeah. away. Get some time yeah.
2: off. Last night in the National Hockey League, you look at the Western Conference. The Rangers knocked off the Flames five four, so that's good news for the Blues. The Stars over the Ducks three two. That's really meaningless for the Blues because they aren't catching the Stars in the standings. And the Arizona Coyotes did knock off the Minnesota Wild by a score of three two. So uh, that's. You know, Not that it's going to make a huge amount of difference, but you'd rather have the Wild lose that game than Arizona. And Arizona did win, and they're playing well as they come into town on Saturday night. So, we've got hockey coming back on Saturday. And then next Tuesday, one week from today, baseball will be back on the field in Jupiter, Florida.
3: About that, are we gonna, we, we'll be down there, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be down we'll there. Be, yeah, we're, yeah, no, we're
3: no, not gonna maybe be not. down there. Okay. Yeah. so well, maybe next year. Next year, right? <laughs> the, the wheels are already in motion,
2: CD, for uh, for for next year. And our friend, the Cardinals Pobo John Ozelak, shows up with our friend Tom Ackerman every weekend on KMOX. They do sports on a Sunday morning. And Carrie, you talked about the value of competition. All the young players yeah. that are going to be trying to steal jobs, and all the players that are. Possessing jobs at the moment that don't want their jobs stolen, and Mo talked about the value of the competition in this particular camp.
6: I think competition is a fair word to use, but I also feel like it's it's a lot about being defined by opportunity. Because when you when you're going to have a, a portion of your club that that's not there, it's going to create a lot more opportunity for other people to play, um, especially in sort of the, the the heart of training. So I think like for people that are like. Prosperous, Prospect Hawks, they're really going to enjoy this camp. Um, I think there's going to be some times when people get down there and they, they don't see the names that they're normally used to seeing, and they might be a little disappointed from time to time. But I think overall, the excitement of, of, of what this camp will look like and the type of energy you'll see, um, I think we're all looking forward to it.
2: And, Carrie, when you talk about the word opportunity, I always go back to 2001. And to paraphrase Mark McGuire and Jim Edmonds, they both went to Tony LaRussa McGuire told us the story. He came up behind Larusa as they were getting ready for a spring training game and said, hey, if Pujols isn't on this team, you're crazy. Mm. And so Pujols wound up being on the team. Now, is Jordan Walker going to have that Albert Pujols spring training? Right. We don't know, but he's going to have the opportunity to have it. He will get... Plenty of opportunities, and
3: and by all accounts, we are expecting you know great things from this young man. So I, I'm looking forward to you know just seeing what he's able to do in spring training and and how well he performs, because I do think that there's a real opportunity for him to be here starting day and start opening day. And if he is, he's going to be here as a starter. I think we all can can agree with that because mm-hmm. you don't want him here sitting on the bench and, and not getting at bat. So uh, it's going to be a big time for him and and. You know, we'll we'll see how well he does.
2: Wherever he is, he has to play. He's no definitely going to play in the ma- yeah. minors, but if he's here, he has to play at the major league level as well. Meanwhile, a lot of opportunity for young pitchers in camp as well, and it'll be incumbent upon the Cardinals' new pitching coach Dusty Blake and his staff to differentiate between who should be on the
6: opening day roster and who should be at AAA. You never stop looking to improve your club. I mean, that's that's just a twelve-month-year process. But you have to weigh that against what you already have. And so when you look at what we're bringing in the camp, and obviously I think everybody would agree you have Michaelis, Flaherty, Montgomery, Matts, and Waino, and then Dakota Hudson on the outside looking in. But, you know, we'll see what we have there. But then you would have guys like Packy Naughton, Belante, Connor Thomas, Zach Thompson, Jake Woodford, and Drew Verhagen, all looking for starting innings. So there's going to be a lot of stress on the coaching staff to try to manage how all that works out in camp. One thing that's going to allow us a little bit more flexibility is both Wayno and Michaels will likely be in the WBC, so that's going to create innings for other people. But so when you when you think about that that group I just touched on, obviously not all of them are going to be able to start, but clearly giving them a look at innings is going to be critical over the seven-week camp.
3: The beautiful thing about, he said it's going to be a lot of stress on the coaches to figure it out, it's not going to be because the the cream separates itself. The guys that are, are better will eventually rise to the top, and those that aren't as good, you'll be able to see it. You'll see some things here and there, and you say, well, that's why. There's something about competition that stresses some players out. It, there is a a level of competition that you know when they know this guy is not going to make a mistake. Now they're worried about it, and they start making mistakes. So, it it usually works itself out. It's never a situation where you're looking at this this potential starting rotation and you got 10 guys where you say, "Oh lord, I don't know which one because if that's the case, guess what you're going to do? You're going to eventually trade one of them or, mm-hmm. or trade a couple of them for something to get something back." So it's not going to be as stressful as one thinks, but having great competition, having guys, you know, all playing at their at their highest level, all believing that they should be in the starting rotation is the best thing for the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. And if they all feel that way, You have a strong team and a strong bullpen because some of those guys will be in the bullpen.
2: Kerry, here's something that I'm sure as a player you hated, but as a coach you totally understand. But when you get into a situation like that, players cut themselves. Oh, yeah. right Every time. I mean, you don't want to believe that as a player. You say, oh, I outperformed that guy. But in some way, whether it was talent or whether it was something that you didn't do that the other guy did, some detail, some technique, players that don't make the team cut themselves.
3: Generally speaking, more more times than not, it, as you said, it's one guy is so steady, he does everything the right way, he's correct, he's always uh, in football, he's aligned correctly, he knows his assignment, he does it better than the than the next person, and the guy behind him is kind of, you know, breaking the huddle, getting out of the huddle slow, still thinking, moving slow, reacting slow, and it goes the same thing for pitching. Sometimes when you are in these competitions, you're not able to paint that edge just as much as you would like to. You don't have as much control as you normally would, or you, you, you're not throwing it as hard as you can because you don't trust it enough to, to locate it where you want it to. So eventually it will all work itself out. It's not uh, as stressful of a situation as one
2: may think. Here's something that I never even thought about, and I'm sure you do, but I never thought about this until Sam Bradford got to St. Louis. Sam Bradford, when he started his first NFL minicamp, had never clapped a team out of a huddle. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? It, it, it matters. They, you have to practice yes. that, right? And quarterbacks now no quarterbacks do that in college.
3: They they no huddle. They're on the line. They're on the ball. They hurry up. Uh even getting under center, some quarterbacks have never taken a snap under center. So it, it changes it changes your drop. It changes your progression. It changes how you're viewing, you know, the entire field. And those are things you have to work on. And and when you get to the to the highest level, sometimes coaches You should know how to take a snap under center. You should know Mm. how to take a five-step drop from under center. Yeah, not if I've never done it. No, I don't. (laughs) Ever.
5: (laughs) So, yeah,
2: yeah, those are things that you have to think about and you have to work on. All right. Uh, Finally, before we get to four downs from the NFL CD, we all have regrets in life, whether it's a a bad investment that we made or something that happened when we were much younger. How did you and I not wind up in the gambling industry? Because oh, man. this year, according to uh, survey, result release, survey results released by the American Gaming Association, there are going to be 50.4 million dollar adults that bet 16 billion dollars on the Super Bowl. And I guarantee you, they're not all going to win.
3: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> a few of them, but not all of them. We <laughs> needed
2: to get into that on the ground floor.
3: Yeah, buddy. That, that is a business that is always going to be booming. Yeah,
2: they're doing well. They're doing well. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. We're off and running here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, four downs from the NFL on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs
1: Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Big week for Kerry Davis as we get ready for the Super Bowl. And Kerry always kind of gets a tingly feeling the week before the Super Bowl, ever right. since he played in it and won it. Oh, so, man, I'm fired up.
3: I, I, I'm going to try not to run into people in the hallway because that's just, you know, just stay just move to the side. I I won't treat you like you're in a different color jersey. I'll just... just... Pay, just pay attention, though. Just, yeah. just be
2: careful. Well, and don't be wearing the crimson and cream <laughs> Do not. in Hubbard Radio's hallways <laughs> today. Uh, Kerry, last night at Super Bowl Media Day, former Chiefs wide receivers coach Nick Sirianni, who happens to be the head coach of the Eagles now, was asked about when he was let go by Andy Reid over in Kansas City. Reid taking over late in 2012. He had a guy that he'd been with in Philadelphia, David Culley, who was not only the receivers coach, but the assistant head coach. So there was no room at the inn for Sirianni.
4: Obviously, when you're getting let go at a place, you're down, right? I got to move my future wife to San Diego. I guess there are worse places you could go, right? Uh, but, you know, you're down in that moment, right? And I just remember him, you know, bringing me in, telling me that, you know, his assistant head coach was the wide receiver coach and so that he had a guy. But I remember him lifting me up in that moment, telling me her good things, knowing I'd get back on my feet. Just he gave me
7: strength when I was down. And I, I, always, I always admired that.
2: Not every coach that gets fired winds up having success, but every coach that has success has been fired. And so it wound up being a good thing for Sirianni.
3: Yeah. I mean, it, it did. And and the fact that there's something about people. We've heard nothing but good things about Andy Reid, right? Coach March was on the other day talking about he's a great man and and. To have to let someone go, but to be able to let them go and tell them, hey, I'm sorry I got to do this, but this is this is how it is. This is what it is. You know, I wish you the best of luck. You need anything, you can reach out. Those are the things as coaches, as men, you remember, as as people, you remember how people treat you. And, you know, for Andy Reid to have done that and now they're meeting in the Super Bowl, I'm sure Nick Sirianni is, is, is very thankful for, for the, the relationship that they've had. He wants to beat the hell out of him mm-hmm. on Sunday, yeah. but he he definitely is appreciative
2: for that conversation and how he handled it. And one other thing about Andy Reid, and I've heard this because we're buddies with Spags, obviously who is here, so he sees the inner workings. The people that work there, the, there's a former Rams PR guy. It's my understanding that whenever Reid has an opening on the staff and interviews a bunch of people, when he doesn't hire somebody, he calls and tells them that he's going a different direction.
3: As a as a as a as a man as a person that is hiring should Randy? You, you, I you, think so. It's the responsibility. Respectful way to go when you interview someone, and you hire someone else. You don't wait to them to find it on the internet, right? You call them and let them know. Hey, you know I appreciate you did a wonderful job. Uh, we're gonna go in a different direction. That speaking of Andy Reid and the man that he is, he's just an outstanding man. And for those that don't do it, I mean I don't know. I don't know what to say about you. Something different. Second down. <laughs> the Chiefs. And their injuries at wide receiver are something that you're going to have to keep an eye on. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes had the ankle injury going into the AFC Championship game, but now uh, there are out. McCole uh, Hardman is out with a pelvis injury, which sounds so painful. Hurts, it, it, hurts sounds, to hear. it sounds brutal to hear that. Uh, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, who's heard with,
2: of a, th- a thing like think of um, like like just riding down a railing and then it turns into a razor blade. <laughs> That, does, that hurts to hear, right? Things that it hurt does. to
3: hear. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. That might be a segment, things that hurt to hear. We might, yeah. we, we might have revisit stumbled that. upon something. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, but McCall Hardman has the pelvis injury. Juju Smith-Schuster has knee swelling, has a knee injury. He's, de- he's dealing with that. Uh, Kadarius is has an ankle and a an hamstring injury. Um, before the AFC Championship game, there was worry that, that – uh, Kelsey might not With even play back, yeah. because of back spasms. So they are banged up for the pass catchers for this team. And, and we know that this Chiefs team does not tend to run the ball a lot. They don't they don't want to run the football. They want to pass it. So in order for this Chiefs team to, to have success on Sunday, you're going to have to make sure that those guys are healthy. Marquez Valdez-Scantling played very well. He's not on the injury report. Um, but if he's all you have that is available, that is is able to – to catch passes and be healthy it's going to be a long day. So hopefully they got a few more days to get healthy, get some treatment, get that swelling out of Juju's knee if he's able to. And and with Kadarius, the hamstring and ankle injury kind of scares me because hamstrings are – you just never really know. And it feels like uh, – it's extremely tough to open it up and run mm-hmm. full speed because you don't know if you're going to pull it again.
2: Yeah, it's one thing to have an injury where if you get a shot and you numb it, it's okay. But if you have to be fast and your yeah. legs are hurt, there are no shots to – fix a hamstring. No, you you, you you can get a shot. I mean, but mm. you might
3: tear that thing off the bone. Yeah. And, <laughs>
5: the but for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Third down. Kerry Sean Payton was introduced to the Denver media yesterday. He's their new head coach after having one year of Yeah, Good yeah. Job, That's Sean. a old Bill Parcells guy. Yeah. I like having a Bill Parcells guy back in the NFL. Now Payton wasn't there last year. Russell Wilson was. Russell Wilson was given an office in the facility and also was provided access to his personal quarterback coach in the building throughout. The personal quarterback coach had total access. And this is the way the exchange went yesterday with Sean Payton.
7: Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Hughes, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. How, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building, access to the players? Yeah,
6: that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it.
3: Is it possible that when he was hired as head coach, no one mentioned that to him? Because that truly be. totally sounds like his first yeah. time hearing that.
8: Yeah.
3: And doesn't sound like it's going to be taking place I think there's uh, going a new, new sheriff in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathaniel yeah. Hackett could, I mean, you got plenty of jokes there. He, he just couldn't get it done. Um, but Sean Payton is a coach that has done it. He has coached future Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Drew Brees. He understands what it takes to win a championship. And, the, the the russell wilson wilson issues were uh, he had his own office at the at the facility. They they said he had two or three parking spaces. Yeah. at the facility. Who the hell? You only drive in one car. Why do you need two spots? I mean, your your, your significant other shouldn't be at your job every day enough to, for you to oh, need well, two spots. Significant other? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe she could be there a I mean, <laughs> if Just if, give her a if, spot. If she were wanting to come at any time to the to the facility, I might not turn her. And Why? this is
2: Sierra. Yeah, if She I mean, wants to come and serenade the troops or whatever. or whatever.
3: Yeah, yeah that's fine.
2: But yeah, he's, uh, I'm glad, and and Russell needs some tough love, right? It just seems like this is a guy that has taken advantage of his celebrity and maybe let the football part of it get away. There are going to be fundamentals here, there are going to be details that are going to be paid attention to, and those fundamentals and details are going to be coached by Sean Payton's staff, not Russell's guy.
3: Yeah, and hopefully Russell takes takes on to it because if he doesn't, he's still going to play. Mm-hmm. i mean that's the that's the truth of the story that sean payton may he may be the new sheriff in town but russell's got all the cash and yeah. so if you if you don't want if you want it to work well hopefully they they gel and they mesh well and russell doesn't have any you know any buck back against what sean payton is asking him to do fourth down speaking of quarterbacks we were we we were talking about this jalen hurts and owner for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jeffrey Lurie, has come out and said that we are going to pay him. We've seen enough. We don't need to see any more for, from him, from his performance. He is a MVP finalist for, for the for the uh, NFL for this season. Great regular season. He's going into his last year of his rookie deal uh, and, and I think scheduled to make $4 million next year. He will get paid handsomely this offseason so that he doesn't have to go into next season with with a contract issue just standing there lingering. It's kind of the way that you should do it when you have a young superstar that is due to get paid. Baltimore Ravens,
2: you should be listening. Yes, and Lamar Jackson, you should be paying attention too because all the Ravens have to do is say, get us to a Super Bowl. We'll pay you. Just get us to a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco did that. Yeah, they paid yep. him, and it worked out. Yep. And it, it, if you want to get paid like the highest quarterback in the league, you don't have to be the best guy. You need to be the guy that is on the team that gets to the Super Bowl.
3: You have to, and and well, in Jalen Hurts' defense, he's played extremely well. He yep. missed the last couple of games with injury, uh, but just played so well throughout the entire season, leading that team, leading that organization to to a fourteen and three
2: record. Just been playing extremely well, and he has earned the deshaun watson guarantee right if anybody else has if he and he's gonna Ooh. go to them and say i want the deshaun watson guarantee the eagles are gonna they're gonna look and say well i get that you want that but we don't do it and he's gonna say well deshaun watson got it and then they're gonna say well okay yeah and he's gonna wind up getting the guarantee
3: it, it, i see i think all of these organizations are going to fight back against that uh, it'll be somewhere below Deshaun Watson, but above
2: Kyler Murray and and Russell Wilson. So probably like.
3: 210 million? 200 million?
2: Because Deshaun got 243, right? Right, right. So that's what. Maybe a $260 million contract with 210 guaranteed or something like that. man. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's a lot of money, either way you look at it, Randy. (laughs) Not
2: not bad, but yes, he's deserved it, and he's kind of become in a city that has Bryce Harper and Joel Embiid. He's kind of become the face of Philadelphia sports. Philadelphia has a chance to play in the World Series, Super
3: Bowl, and their basketball team could be in the NBA Finals. That that is a
2: it's a good run. And isn't uh, Matthew Philadelphia Union? Were they not? uh, Were they weren't? Yeah, they. I think they were in the MLS Cup. Finals. Yes, they, they won the Eastern Conference.
4: Thank you. Hello. And then tied St. Louis City in a preseason game back in January. Thank you very much.
2: Oh, yeah. Two MLS
4: Preseason what? It was a preseason match. Okay. Yeah. On it? the I, pitch? Son of a
3: <laughs> Just. I'm not... in school on soccer Thought over you... here by the football okay. guy. Okay. That you said Sorry, game. Sorry, I...
4: Wow, you're just going to turn the knife, aren't you, you jerk? Okay. This uh, early in the morning we're going to start, huh? All right. You got right. to get it. Okay, That's so the LA, this, huh?
2: LAFC okay. won it in a penalty shootout. I knew Philly was close uh, after a 3-3 draw in extra time. And so Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Union, was in the MLS championship and played for the MLS Cup. You are welcome. It is the opening <laughs> drive on 101 ESPN. Kerry, Matthew, Randy, coming up, the latest on our greatest sports families of all time bracket and yesterday's results. Coming up on 101 ESPN.
0: Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman
2: Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, Evergreen, and AZEC to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials, guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert Advice or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs.
0: Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at HackmanSTL.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
2: All right, time to take a look at the greatest sports family of all time bracket. And today we're going to move into the potpourri region. But we want to tell you about yesterday's hockey region first. Wayne Gretzky and his brother Brent, who had four NHL points, eliminated the Howes 62.5% to 37.5%. So the Gretzkys, well, Wayne Gretzky advances. (laughs) Now, here's another one, Kerry. Phil Esposito was one of the great players of all time. During the 70s, between 19. Let me get the numbers correct here. Between 1970 and 1975, Phil Esposito led the NHL in goal scoring every single year. He scored 43, 76, which was a record until Wayne Gretzky broke it in the 80s, 66, 55, 68, and 61 goals. Phil Esposito was his era's Wayne Gretzky. He. Was the Hart Trophy winner in 1968 69, finished second in the Hart vote or sixth in the Hart voting in 70. 71, he was second. 72, he was third. 73, he was second. 74, he was first. And then uh, his career fell off a little bit and uh, subsequently traded to the New York Rangers. That being said, the Sutter brothers eliminated the Espositos and Phil, one of the great players of all time, 86.5%. To 13.5%. Yes, we love Brian and Richie and Ronnie. They were really good members of the Blues. And there were six brothers, so that carries some weight. But Phil Esposito, and then Tony was one of the all-time great goalies of all time with the Blackhawks, never won a Stanley Cup, but he was a really good performer. And so I was kind of stunned, and Matthew was kind of stunned, by the fact that the Espositos were soundly trounced by the Sutters. Right, Matthew? You couldn't.
4: I Listen, I, I understand <laughs> you, you love your hometown guys, and, and obviously it's a beloved family here in St. Louis. And so I'm not even surprised that they won. I'm surprised by the level at which they won. And I wonder if it's a combination of not only people you know loving St. Louis, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I also do think how many people who voted on that actually are aware that Tony Esposito is also a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. and was a three-time Vesna winner, and much like his brother, didn't have the dominance, but he led the league like six or seven different times in saves and shots uh, against and save percentage and things like that. And so it's kind of crazy to me. I just, I wonder if it's a combination of those two. Cause when you think Esposito, you think Phil and you don't think about Tony. But I mean, again, when we were setting up the bracket, it blew my mind. The top five seeds in the hockey bracket were all pairs of Hall of Famers. Right. And the, right. Uh, none of the other three brackets had that level of just Hall of Fame. You know caliber, and so it's insane to me that uh, two of those pairs—I guess three of those pairs—because the city's lost to another pair—but two of those pairs get knocked out in the first round. It's kind of crazy.
2: And in the St. Louis area, another St. Louis area, the Hulls eliminated the Kachucks, and obviously you'd think that Brett and Bobby would do so, and they did, getting garnering 71.8 percent of the vote to 28.2 for for the Kachucks, and then uh, Andre. And Maurice Richard, uh, they eliminated the Sedin sisters sixty two and a half percent to thirty seven and a half percent.
4: And again, that one, that one start because I and I put it in the tweet. the The numbers, the the lowest number of those four players has not had nine hundred and sixty six total points, and the highest of those of those four players had a thousand and seventy seven. Both of the, both pairs had over two thousand points when you put the brothers together. I but mean, the Sedin's were idiots. The, <laughs>
5: got ne- to factor that a, in. There's no that, that closer matters. four or five it
4: matchup we have. And, yet it's, and it was neck, neck, neck and neck, and then Randy yep. retweeted it, and, man, the Sadine sister haters just came flooding in for the Rashards.
2: Yeah, uh, if you if you voted for the Sadine sisters... <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing know. wrong with same what one you years. did. Same one yeah. that they Pre- scored a lot you- of yeah.
4: points in a very difficult era of hockey.
2: Appreciate you listening. Uh, <laughs> so you've got the Hulls and the Richards in the next round, the Gretzkys and the Sutter. So today, we have Serena and Venus Williams, the number 1 seed in the Potpourri side. They are the number uh, 1 seed overall. Overall, yes. right. Yes. Against uh, Leon, Michael, and Corey Spinks. Mm-hmm. We're St. Louisans, so you never know there. Do the right thing. Yeah. You've got <laughs> Reggie and she Cheryl Miller. Yeah. One of, one of the great videos of all time is Reggie having the monster game in high school,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and going home to tell his sister about yeah, it. And yeah. She scored like a hundred or something, hundred five. Yeah, what'd, like, you yeah do? what'd you
4: do? Oh, hundred five.
3: <laughs> Wait, what?
4: <laughs> it's crazy. I, I believe she was the first and only uh, high school women's basketball player to ever do that. Can Amazing. you imagine being
3: a, a hall of famer, being that good at basketball, and you and your sister, your older sister, is better than you? Like yours. You go home and score a, a forty-five, fifty-point game. And
4: you say, what did you, what'd you do? I
3: had 105.
4: How about Good. this? As much what? as, you, as much as you feel sorry for the fact that she got injured, you had a, you had a pro career. You had incredible moments in the garden, and yet people will still look back and be like, you're the second best basketball player in, in, your, in family. your family. Like
2: yeah. that's
5: gotta <laughs> kill him.
2: It's great. So we're we're gonna have that, and the Millers will take on the Earnharts, Dale Senior and Dale Junior, and then you've got the three six matchup between Muhammad and Layla Ali against Rick and Brent and uh, what John are, John Berries yep. the, the the three Berries, uh, and then you've got Steph and Dell and Seth Curry against Michael and Clay Thompson. So you've got. A backcourt against each other, which seems kind of unfair. It, but it doesn't it, seem right. It yeah. worked. It's, I just
4: love the way these brackets work.
3: out. It didn't out. seem right. I don't know about that one, but I, I, I understand. It's got to happen at some point, right? Yeah. It Doesn't feel like it should be in the first round.
2: Yeah. You got to beat the best to be the best. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah that's right. right. You got to beat them at some point. So I am retweeting right now the entire Potpourri bracket. Go to at Randy Carricker and you can vote. And you can also go to Matthews. Uh, Twitter page at Rock ESPN R O C C, and you can go to uh, Carrie Davis thirty eight too. Hope I got all this right. I think we do. I think we're good. You ran it through perfect, Randy. That was impressive. Okay, thank you. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero. Oh, by the way, coming up uh, at the yes Carrie.
3: Did you say? 65780.
2: Oh. Did I do that? I think so. No, it's 314 oh. 399 9646. No, it's Yo ho. Yo ho. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. I'm a mess today. Okay, so 314 399 Just save it in your phone, for God's sakes. But it's 314 399. Yo ho. We do have Take It or Leave It coming up, and we want your mic drops. We asked yesterday, we talked about our concerns about the Cardinals heading into spring training one week from today, and coming up at the top of the hour, we want to hear some of your mic drops. What concerns you about the 2023 Cardinals as they embark upon spring training starting next Monday with medicals and then next Tuesday with workouts down in Jupiter, Florida? So we'd like to hear from you at the top of the hour, but Take It or Leave It is next on the opening drive on 101
0: ESPN back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
1: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers it's time for
0: take it or leave
8: it want to say something put it out there
2: champ Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. In time for Take It or Leave It, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399- 9646. Kerry, there's a really interesting and compelling piece that Brian Windhorst has up at ESPN.com talking about LeBron James and the Lakers' reaction to them not getting Kyrie Irving. And you referenced LeBron's tweet yesterday. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's me! Uh, and he was frustrated that the Lakers didn't acquire Irving. The Lakers were frustrated that they didn't acquire Irving. Take it or leave it. The entitlement of the Lakers makes you look at them as whiners. Oh, take it. Every day of the week. And it's not just the LeBron on-court things. Them. It's It's, well, like when they didn't get uh, Chris Paul. And they, yeah. they complained because there was kind of a little conspiracy to get Chris Paul into a Lakers uniform. And David <laughs> Stern wasn't going to have it. It's like, well, we're the Lakers. We deserve to get whatever we want, and if we don't, there's something wrong. Clearly,
3: yeah. yeah. I tell tell that to the Knicks. They've been yeah, stinking yeah, it up yeah. for, yeah, for a long go. time. Staying on that on that track, Randy. And this is not mine. I had to give credit to the five seven three for this one. And this is this one was for Rock. Um, take it or leave it. How Reggie Miller felt every time he went home and his sister was there is similar to how LeBron feels when he thinks of Michael Jordan. No matter how much I do, I just
0: can't get there.
2: I'll take that. I will 100% take that. Shout out to the
0: 573 for that one. Yeah, well done. Really
2: appreciate that. Appreciate that.
0: All right, let's get
4: to uh, Matthew. What do you got on the old text line, sir? Take it or leave it. If Arnauto would retire today, he's a Hall of Famer.
2: Take it. Yeah, I think because of the gold gloves. And he's got... Representative offensive numbers. I think more years will allow him to be probably a first ballot guy. But when you look at 299 career home runs in this era, uh, an 881 OPS, is it half a dozen platinum gloves? I, I would have. Yep. Yeah. So I, I would say that uh, a gold glove every single season that he's played. I, I would go along with it. Yeah, I would say that he's a Hall of Fame. If he were to retire today, I, I think so. I mean, you told me yourself
3: you mm-hmm. think he's the best third baseman ever played the game.
2: Best defensive third baseman to ever played. So game.
3: that speaks volumes.
4: Take it or leave it. WWE is really entertaining and should be talked about more in the streams in the mainstream
2: sports. Here's the thing, its last word is entertainment. Okay, <laughs> it's world wrestling entertainment, and the, those people that are in that industry. They admit that it's entertainment, so that it, because it's not, and they admit uh, a, an authentic competition. I think it's difficult to put into mainstream sports.
3: Randy, I, I you couldn't tell ten year old me that it was entertainment because the Undertaker mm-hmm. put the uh, the the Ultimate Warrior in in a in a casket, mm-hmm. and I. I lost it. I, I, <laughs> oh, man. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, oh, oh, no. Mm. What's going to happen? Uh, yeah, they, they they sold it very well. Yeah. It's an airtight casket. He's not able to breathe in there. <laughs> and I, was, I was freaking out.
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that being said, for our 10-year-old listenership, we do apologize. But it does say entertainment at the end. It's not a real even though it's, 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 oh, it's, sorry, athletic, oh, oh, it's athletic, it's, 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 it's athletics. It's athletics. It's great athletes, but it's not what we would typically call an authentic competition. This is not. Uh, I it's mean, scripted. Well, yeah, but Arian Foster didn't he say that? So is the NFL. Yeah, what are we so, talking about? Yeah. You didn't. You didn't <laughs> I see. Even Tone mentioned
3: we we got our script, but we didn't stay yeah. on script though. We just went off script. Yeah, I had people actually listen. This, I had people actually texting me and calling me. Is this real? <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're saying stuff like that. Yeah, That's why. That's why. It's real. I mean, Ta- it's, clearly. <laughs> take it or leave it. There's more pressure on the Eagles to win than the Chiefs. Leave it. Leave it. The Eagles are it's, playing with
2: house money. Hey, it's the Super Bowl. Both teams have an equal amount of pressure. There's not more pressure on Jalen Hurts than Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes than Jalen Hurts. It's the Super Bowl, and there's a lot of pressure. What about their legacy?
3: The, I think uh, – I would say there's more pressure on Patrick Mahomes than it is on uh, on Jalen Hurts. He, he's, I mean, even though Patrick has won one already, the Eagles also have a lot of players on that team that have already won one. They, they are, I think this is a great matchup between two teams that have youth and they have, um, you know, veterans and guys that have done it and been there. And I think it's gonna be a really good game. I think it's a little bit less on the on the Eagles, though.
2: Here's my opinion. I don't think it has I don't think the pressure has anything to do with the fact that it's the Super Bowl. The reason that there's more pressure on Patrick Mahomes is because he doesn't have his guys. And Jalen Hurts has his guys. So in terms of just playing the game, Jalen Hurts can throw it to A.J. Brown and throw it to Devontae Smith and throw it to Dallas Goddard and hand it off to Miles Sanders. Well, there's three guys that Patrick Mahomes might not have and that'll put more pressure on him to elevate everybody around him and do things on his own.
4: If it's not about the, take it or leave it, if it's not about the script then MMA should be talked about more in the mainstream. Oh. It's a different texture.
3: Well, I, I for some reason there seems, because MMA is, is, is I, I watch it but I, it's not, I got it's it not for you. boxing. It's simple.
4: People like blood sport less than they did in the 70s. Is they, that, they, they, that, I think that's just what it is. Maybe. I, I am. It's pretty popular. It is very popular. I just, I, I
3: wouldn't, I wouldn't watch MMA over a big boxing, uh, a, a big fight. Like I, I would prefer to watch the fight than I would watch an MMA fight. That's just my preference. Hmm. Boxing over really? MMA every day of the week. Interesting. There was the a, thing. if if Canelo was fighting on the same day that John Bones Jones is fighting, I'm watching Canelo.
2: What we do here at 101 ESPN is. Every year or so, we impanel a focus group of our listeners to find out what you are most interested in. And our very first program director, a guy named Jason Barrett, had a really pithy but accurate statement. And he told us, play the hits. Talk about what people want you to talk about. And right now, at least, MMA is not high on that list. WWE isn't high on that list. Sadly... For our focus groups, for our station, MLS isn't high on that list right now.
3: And NBA, because I would love to Mm -hmm. talk. I would love to talk about games on the pitch, matches on the pitch, Mm -hmm. and a little bit of uh, Clay Thompson (laughs)
2: going for 42 last night. Mm -hmm. But our (laughs) research shows that you want to hear about the Cardinals, (laughs) you want to hear about the Blues, you want to hear about MLB, you want to hear about the NFL, even... uh, for example, Mizzou, Slough, all of those things. Everything's blown out of the water for us by the Cardinals and the Blues. Thus, you hear on every show more Cardinals and Blues than you do MMA, WWE, etc. etc.
4: Speaking of which, take it or leave it, the Blues retool will only last this season. I'm gonna leave
2: that. Yeah, leave that. Because they've got some growing to do, and they're gonna have to do it with young players. You're going to be losing some 30-plus-year-old guys that have been around the block, and you're going to have some young players. Just think about what we had to endure, and it really wasn't too bad, but with the growth of Robert Thomas and the growth of Jordan Kyrou, you're going to have a larger group of players that are going to have to go through that growth process to get to where the Blues want to be.
3: Do you—who who is the—if if O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and those guys aren't back, who is the leader of this team. Who is the captain? And not just in in the letter on his sweater, but who is the leader of this team? Braden Shin. Braden Shin.
2: Yeah. And, and he's the not, guy. Yeah.
3: He's the guy that that you gotta answer to. Right. Because I I've said this time and time again. For us, it was James uh Ferrier. We had to answer to James mm-hmm. Ferrier. Like that was not in a negative way, but that was our leader. He was the middle linebacker. He was the guy that Potsy was the guy we went and talked to and mm-hmm. the guy that came and talked to us. And so you got to have one of those guys or two of those guys on your team. If if O'Reilly is gone, I just want to know who's the next guy to step up. And if if it is Braden Sheen, he should not have to wait until O'Reilly is yeah. out of the building to start doing it or be doing
2: it. And when you're in a room, and if you're just a keen observer, you don't even have to be a member of the team. But if you're in a room, like Alexander Steen was the leader of the group that won the Stanley Cup, or an A. He wasn't the C. Petrangelo was the C. But the leader – was Alexander Steen and I remember being out one time I was playing in a golf tournament with Dallas Drake who at that point was the Blues captain he was wearing the C and we were talking about it and he said hey letters don't mean anything everybody Mm. in the room knows who the leaders are correct letters don't mean anything right you're gonna gravitate towards people who have that leadership ability right yeah and I think Robert Thomas will wind up probably wearing the C like you asked though if there's a guy that the Blues are gonna to gravitate to, it's gonna be Shenner
3: Makes
4: sense to me.
2: Kerry Davis, Randy Carrier, Matthew Rocchio, you got one more? Yeah, I do. Uh take it or leave it. LeBron James
4: could win seven rings. And you guys would still not like him. I don't I like him. I don't dislike LeBron. I
3: don't,
4: I don't I don't like his actions and his
3: This is this is very uh Hey, man. Hey, if you hey, don't like man. his
4: actions, what else is there about a person? I
3: mean, I think he's a, a great philanthropist. I think he, he's a great basketball player. He's I don't only like his actions. I don't like his actions. I don't like him crying on the floor. I don't like him flopping. And, dude, you're 6'8, 260 something pounds. Why are you the biggest guy on the floor? How is uh, somebody that is 6'3, 190 pounds, pushing you out of the way? I don't like it. I don't like when you get on Twitter and say maybe it's me or what about me, whatever. Like, come on, bro.
2: And in that particular sport, more than football, more than baseball, more than hockey, the guy that is six eight and two sixty eight that has those otherworldly skills, he should have won seven. There you that's go. the problem there is you that go. he didn't. Yeah, that's the issue. Not four. Not five. Not, not six, six. Seven. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> uh, that is Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we want to hear from you. Texts at the uh, Air Comfort Service text line, which is 314-399-9646. If I wasn't aware of that earlier, I'm, I'm eminently aware of that now. Yes. We're still going to mic drops as well through the yep, app. Mic drops, and we want you to use the mic drops. Just open up your 101 ESPN app, and we want to hear what your concern or concerns are As the Cardinals head into spring training next week, what are you worried about that the Cardinals would prevent them from being what you hope they will be? And I know most of you, most of us, are hoping that they'll be a world championship team. But we've given you our opinions. We want to hear yours next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs
1: Tire and Auto
0: Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
1: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
2: in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The text line is open at 314-399-9646 314-399 Yo-ho! Carrie, Randy and Matthew with you. And we do want your mic drops with the 101 ESPN app. What concerns you about the 2023 Cardinals as they get ready for spring training starting next week? My hope for the Cardinals from the 314 is that come trade deadline, we're fine-tuning rather than them plugging holes to stay afloat and clearly cd that would be a product of a underperformance or b injury if they if they have to fill holes at the trade deadline it's going to be because things didn't go as they expected
3: well yeah i mean i think when you look at what they have now you you feel like we're we're in pretty good shape right i i I think health is obviously the main concern and, and how well the, the younger guys are able to perform, but if you are able to take care of your business, you would feel like we're in a good, pretty good position to to, to win the division.
2: Yeah, just stay healthy and do what you're capable of doing. Alright, we are ready for Mike drops. We appreciate Kyle joining us via the 101 ESPN app and on 101 ESPN.
9: Yeah, my concern with the Cardinals is the same as it's been uh, last year when we had to sign Quintana
0: and then we let him go. And he's got a two-year deal that we could have afforded. So starting pitching depth, maybe a little bit of bullpen help, and
3: no power left-handed bat. So I feel like the needs and concerns are the same as they were last year.
2: That's absolutely 100% legit. And Kyle, uh, I'm in complete agreement with your concerns. And CD, I don't know, uh, unless Nolan Gorman turns into or Alec Burleson, turns yeah. into a left-handed power bat. I just don't know where that's coming from.
3: I, I don't either. I, I, we talked about Alec Burleson potentially being that guy. And maybe Newbar. And maybe. I don't know if he has a, Yeah, 20? I don't know if it's the power that he has. I mean, you know, Dylan Carlson being a switch hitter, you could get power from the left side. Um, mm. He's probably going to be batting lefty more than, than righty.
2: Got to be better.
3: Gotta, yeah, got to be better. But y- 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 he's right. There, there isn't... Unless those three guys, those two guys spe- specifically, are able to add that power or have that power for the, for this lineup, you don't really have it anywhere. And no. so that may be a concern. But where else were you going to get it from? You know I mean, there was talks. Cody Bellinger. Is he – does he add the power that you were lacking? He would have been my first choice. But because- do you – is his power – do you – he, Greater
2: than than what you would well, expect from Nolan Gorman, he's hit 47 in a season. Yeah, but so he's he been struggling the last he, few. The Last couple of years, yeah. he has not been good. But I think that was the one opportunity. That, well, the one opportunity that I perceived that, as it turns out, wasn't there because he wasn't coming here.
3: Is, is is LA right field is much shorter than than St. Louis, correct? Yeah, but it's
2: hard to hit a home run at night at Dodgers Stadium. It's is a better it pitcher's park than a, or a better hitter's park than it was. But it's still, uh, w- w- you hit 47 home runs playing you, for the Dodgers, Dodgers. It's a big you time. You hit year. him anywhere. Yeah. Our next mic drop is from Tim. You know, you me about the
3: freaking Cardinals coming up. I wouldn't have a worry if you just go ahead and focus on holding more accountable. We've had this conversation over the radio before. You guys keep mentioning it and you're still not holding them accountable. So if you want to know what would really make the rest of my winter go well in the spring training, just hold the man accountable so he can have a great Cardinal season.
2: Okay, well, Tim, let me tell you something. And by the way, that was geared, I think, towards Anthony Stalter. But here's the thing: I'm uh, Tim, and, and Mo, I know you're listening, Mo. If you don't win the World Series this year. You're out. I am firing you. Okay. So Mo, I'm holding you accountable this year. It, it was said right here at 8:07 on February 7th, 2023. Kerry, you heard it. Matthew, you heard it. Randy, okay. Yeah. Wait, let's mark the tape, Dan. Mark the tape, Dan. If the Cardinals don't win the World Series right, in that, 2023, you such a hero. Randy is firing Mo. Mo, you're on notice. I'm holding you accountable. Randy. Yes. I, I, I don't. I don't. How many parades? I don't. Can
3: I don't know you? that that works that way. No. I I I love the enthusiasm. Carrie, stop I love the the thought process behind it. You and Tim are 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 like minded in this in this thought. I I, I don't know that that, I don't know that you can do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have to be the one to tell you. I don't I don't think I don't think that's how that works,
4: Randy. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Carrie can be negative, Randy. I just, just, just want to say... Somebody has to say it. I Randy? just want to say thank you <laughs> from St. Louis for everything you do. And I just think St. Patty's Day... <laughs> Fourth of July. What other parades can Randy be the grandmaster, Grand, grand Marshal in? After I, this I, I one. think that he was. was yeah,
0: don't give me with the grandmaster stuff,
4: boy. <laughs> grand Come on oh, now, oh, oh, Grand Marshal. Oh, oh, oh. Grand Marshal. Oh, grand Marshal. Oh.
0: Grand Marshal. Oh, wow. Grand Marshal. Oh, what are you doing here? I said exactly. Grand Marshal. <laughs> What's going on here? What, hey, what just happened? It was like was grand marshal.
5: <laughs> Don't include me.
4: Grand marshal of parades because you're a hero.
5: Oh, no. Oh, no. What? What? This just no made hero. a hard left turn. Oh. Look, I have a black friend. Oh. I'm jumping out of that. Oh, my God.
2: What has <laughs> took place? goodness gracious (laughs) oh my okay Uh, from this text is from the uh, 636 just count the it's on the cardinals if o'neill is healthy and doesn't strike out 40 percent of the time if carlson flaherty gorman etc most it's in the nl so uh i i guess we can count on the cardinals let's get uh, another mic drop here from dylan who's with us on 101 espn (laughs) it's got to be the starting rotation i mean You would think Mazzaloc would learn his lesson from what he has dealt with the past two years now. And if we deal with the same issues as we have the past two years of not enough pitching depth, we really have to look at Mazzaloc and see if he's really doing his job effectively. For two years, we have had the run-of-the-mill of going through minor league pitchers and signing guys at the deadline just to stay alive and and yes we have Jordan Montgomery which is a good addition but we still there's still all sorts of question marks all around this rotation and I just hope that that it doesn't bite him in the butt like it has the last two years
3: I think there is a lot of weight put on Jack Flaherty's you know shoulders I think they they are counting on him to be healthy to be the 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 ace that this this franchise and this organization needs him to be. And if that, you 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 ran down the list yesterday, we were talking not yesterday, last week we were talking about the Cardinal starting pitching versus the, the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And if you were to take Flaherty out, each one of those starters now becomes a maybe as opposed to a a, a, An a, a, a win. And so him not being in the starting rotation can change everything. I, I I understand what Dylan is saying in terms of not having the starting pitcher or, or, or not knowing. I think it's more so not knowing. Not knowing the health, we don't know what Stephen Matz is going to give us. We don't know what what Jack Flaherty is going to give us. Montgomery. We hope that we we hope that Montgomery, Michaelis, and Wainwright are going to be healthy and be able to pitch the entire season. But th- there are a lot of ifs in this in this in this starting rotation and in this organization right now. If Tyler O'Neill, if uh, Jordan Walker comes up, there are a lot of ifs we don't know. And I think that's what. I get, gives Cardinals fans a little bit of of,
2: of worry is the ifs. And once we figure it out, we'll be fine. 100%, 100%. And Some teams have a lot more ifs than other teams and the Cardinals are one of those teams that have a lot of ability but it's if they can stay healthy and if they can live up to what their talent leads us to believe that they could be. Let's get one more mic drop in here. John is with us on 101 ESPN.
9: I have two concerns about this year's Cardinals team. I like all the players and I like all the pitchers but what concerns me the most is who's gonna be this year's Kobe Rasmus who wants to be that guy the guy that John Mosaylock trades away so that the Cardinals can get the help they need to become the 2023 world champions my second concern is the concession stands with this Cardinal offense exploding and having big innings all the time, and then the Cardinal pitchers having one, two, three innings. Is anybody going to have time to go to the concession stand? I think financially they should be very concerned.
2: John, you add in the pitch it's clock here, point. the pitch timer. We got problems with the concession stands. <laughs> that is a valid point. Yeah. I'm going to have to bring the food to you, John. Great, great <laughs> stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, one other text here from this, the 314, and I hate to say that people are incorrect, but from the 314 Mo can only spend what DeWallet will allow him to spend. The accountability lies with ownership. No, it's on me. <laughs> it's my job to hold John Moselek accountable, and if they lose, to fire him. Yes. It, it, yes, Randy. Again, Randy, you, you're a great man.
3: You Been in St. Louis hiding. for a long time. Been <laughs> doing wonderful things on Sports Radio. I, I don't think you can do that. Gary, don't, <laughs> don't, confuse, don't confuse people. Dang it.
5: Dang it.
2: Carrie, <laughs> Matthew, Randy, and that's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. And we really do appreciate your mic drops. You can always leave a mic drop throughout the course of the show. Matthew actually gets the emails now that pop up when you have an opinion that you'd like to uh, weigh in on. No? No, it's just—it's <laughs> actually the complete opposite. Oh, they've gone our away? Our
4: mic drops haven't been transitioned yet to our new system. <laughs> okay. So okay. it's actually the complete opposite. It's okay. Sorry, I was just
2: trying to help out. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Darren <better> Pang <laughs> joins us to talk some hockey next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented
1: by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: With Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Standing by in South Florida is blues analyst, TNT analyst, Darren Pang, who's with us now. Panger, good morning. How are you
7: doing? Good morning, Randy and Kerry. I'm, I'm doing just fabulous. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm enjoying the nice weather here. For I've been here for just a couple of days, just to kind of get away from everything. But uh, no, the answer is uh, Bruce isn't with us. uh uh-huh. um, He's at Dogtopia. They're taking good care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have him running around Miami or going Cleveland. They're, you know, begging for beers or something like that. Good for
2: you. <laughs> That's great. And I, I asked Matthew to, to ask you, because normally if you want to get away, Darren Pang, to take you behind the curtain, if you're at a place like Miami, you're going to bring the sticks with you. But you, you have not been on the course in Miami.
7: I have not. Um, no, it's just been a, it's been a getaway time here. Yeah. Just a relaxing, yeah, just a, a relaxing time. And, and, uh, you know, n- no all-star stuff, not, none of that. Just, uh, just walking around, taking them to sites and, and, uh, getting some good food. And, and, uh, I'm gonna actually taking a flight here in a little bit to, uh, to Atlanta to do some studio for TNT for the game uh, tomorrow night. It's Dallas Minnesota since we don't play till Saturday. So a uh, long break for the boys and, uh, and so I'll be back in St. Louis for that.
3: Hey Peggy, I was gonna ask you about that. The the fact that they don't play until Saturday. If you're a player, how do you feel about this extended break? Is it something you, you would want or would you want to get right back to it?
7: Oh shoot. I, I think the first part of it, I think those guys were getting off the plane at after Winnipeg and saying, This is let let's get out of here. Let's let's you know, let's get we need a break. And then uh then when you come back, now you come back and it's real. Like even last night, like um, even here I am, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on a, just a mini little getaway and, and I'm like, man, there's a game tonight. So you, you wake up right away. you you get sharp right away thinking, okay, it's starting again. And, and I think for the blues players, do we really want to continue how we're playing? Yeah. I mean, this is a reset of all reset buttons. Mm-hmm. Like, so you come back the talks getting a little more heated up trade wise. The deadlines come in March 3rd, but in the meantime, you got to come inside that lot. Like you got to get, Get to the locker room. You got to start. You got to start looking at each other like like we really care about one another, and you really want to battle for one another, and and, and turn this tide, and uh, and and make sure it's not as uncomfortable as as what it's been because that it has it 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 hasn't been any fun for these guys. I mean, if if fans think that this is fun, this is not fun. Not fun when you go to a rink and you got a lead and you give up a lead, or you're trailing by three and you can barely come back, it's, it's, it's no good. It's demoralizing. So they've, they've obviously got to figure out a way to play harder as a team uh, following this break. So I think the break's good for them, and I think getting back on the ice I think they're going to be an eager group of players to try to prove people wrong.
2: Hey, Panger, if we talk about a bigger picture reset button, you mentioned that TNT has Dallas tomorrow. They lead the conference with 68 points. They played that epic series against the Blues back in 2019, lost in seven games. But they did hit the reset button, right? That's a different looking team than what we saw in 2019. It just goes to prove that in the National Hockey League, you can hit the reset button, but it doesn't mean a five-year death
7: sentence. You're exactly right. In fact, their reset button, they signed Joe Pavelski. I mean, and, and you know, they brought, they brought in Joe. Um, everybody thought that maybe the two players on huge long-term deals were going to be anchors. And that was Jamie Benn and, and Tyler Sagan. And you remember how many times the owner and the CEO and the president of hockey of Dallas stars had to come out and cha- basically challenge them. I think it was three winters in a row. And, and so here, here they are. They're having a comeback season. Um, they've got some young players like Robertson in their lineup. They've got some kids. Wyatt Johnson's playing real well. And they've got a goaltender that's, that's an excellent goaltender, in Jake Ottinger. But, you know, they lost to UFA. Uh, good defenseman in John Klingberg. The Blues fans know him well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he left, and their power play hasn't suffered. Their play hasn't suffered whatsoever. Um, in fact, it allowed other guys like Miro Heiskanen to get more ice time and more time on the power play. So I I like Dallas. I think they're, I think they're, you know, I I think they're an excellent hockey club. And um, to me, they're the leaders of the pack. But even when you say that, they're still only three points ahead of Winnipeg. You know, they're only three points. Look at this. I mean, Seattle's right there. LA's right there. Vegas is right there. It's still a wide open group in the Western Conference. So that's why I think you're going to see the, the teams that are still knocking on the door to get in. I think you're going to see some additions um, by teams like, Nashville, maybe even Colorado, uh, because they've got some cap leniency there with some of their with some injuries. Maybe they can do something. And uh, you know Calgary, Calgary may stay stay set. Edmonton, I think, will add something. And then uh, Vegas will add something because they they've got the opportunity with their long-term injury to Mark Stone. So I think it's going to be very exciting in the Western Conference and wide open.
3: Hey, Panker, you talked about uh, things heating up in terms of trade talks, and, and Terasenko had a really good uh, all-star weekend. Uh, do you think something happens with him before Saturday, or or do you think he'll be able to play a few games and, and then maybe something happens before the trade deadline?
7: It's funny. I was I was, I was looking at, uh, at a couple of things on social media, and uh, last night that, that game, which was a shellacking, by the way, between Tampa and the Florida Panthers, the Florida Panthers pounded the lightning. But here's the uh, – <laughs> Maybe it's because the All-Star weekend was there, or maybe because there was a lot of managers that have homes in, in, uh, in Florida. But the list of people that were scouting that game were Dale Talon, Steve Eiserman, uh, Dennis Bond via the Bruins, Brook, Alex Brooks, who lives in St. Louis. He's with the Blackhawks, Mark Osborne with the Kings, uh, Winnipeg Jets had two, including their, uh, general manager Kevin Dayoff. Columbus had one, and the St. Louis Blues had two, Tim Taylor and Al McGinnis scouting that game last night and it's getting in in increasingly uh, more depth um, scouting games. What I mean by that is it's just not one area scout. A lot of times that area scout is being accompanied by a general manager as well. And when that happens, you know, usually, you know, when there's a little bit of smoke, there's, there's some fire. So team like Tampa Bay, uh, are you know they're looking to add, from what I understand, and and I'm sure they're interested in a couple of St. Louis Blues players. So it is getting heated up. We're going to see that throughout the, uh, you know, between now and then. Is Blatty going to be traded between now and then? Hmm. I'm just going to say no. That that's we still got a, a long time before that, and I think, and I think, uh, and I think because of the break, I think I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think at this particular point. And Doug Armstrong, not that he can't work a phone from from Europe, but he has been there. For an extended period of time as well uh leaving the work to al mcginnis and some of his pro staff like timmy taylor and uh guys like that
2: panger one last thing from me uh my exposure to matthew and brady kachuk was primarily those guys wrestling in the, in the dressing room limited exposure to their hockey but i i could not have envisioned and I'm not a hockey scout by any stretch of the imagination, but I could not have envisioned Matthew Kachuk being the best of the best. And when you look at his entire game and the way that he performed in the All-Star game against the best of the best, he's right there. You think Matthew's like a top five player in the league right now?
7: Uh, I think there's sometimes where he is. Yes. I mean, there's certainly, he's a, he's a you know, he, he he's he's a well-rounded player, which is what I like about Matthew. Like, he's He's got, you know, obviously he's got that edge. He's got that competitiveness. He's got that, I I could give a rat's rear end, like what you've done in this league, I'm going to go right through you. And I like the fact that he goes to the front of the net and creates a scrum. And then he drags everybody into the fight with him. So there's a lot of things I I love about Matthew. I will correct you on one thing, just, and I'm not going to get too, you know, overly, um, I'm not even sure the word I'm going to describe, but the all-star game is still a three-on-three. Right, right, right. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's not like it was in the past. I mean, these guys are playing, you know, there's pond hockey out there, to be quite honest with you. And goalies are left for for not, and they're hanging out to dry. But, uh, you know, and besides that, and besides that, there's like, there was a lot of great players that actually, for some reason, didn't even make the all-star game. I'm still trying to figure out, how that works—that some of the best of the best aren't even there. But anyway, all that being said, he's a—you know—he's an MVP, and it looks like they had a, an incredible time, and they hosted a lot of people and had some fun. So I think that's the best part of it all. I think he's an all-star in every sense of the world. On the ice, he's an all-star in the way he treats people. He's an all-star in the way he treats his the trainers and the and the staff that takes care of him, and that's what makes the Kachuk family such a great family.
2: And I think you had the statistic when the Blues played. Ottawa, that there's three players in the league that lead their team in points and penalty minutes, and the Kachucks are two of them.
7: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, it, uh, they, they become big boys after they're wrestling that, uh, that little locker room there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no doubt
7: about it. Hey, Panger, have a great time in Florida. Thanks so much. We'll
2: be tuned in tomorrow. You are on the desk before uh, the Dallas game on TNT, and we'll enjoy that. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Have a great day. You too. See you later. That is uh, the one and only Darren Pang, th- the sensational Blues analyst. By the way, Kachuk, 74 penalty minutes. He's fourth in the league. In goals, he is uh, 15th in the league. He's got 27 goals. And he's fourth in the league in points with uh, with 71. So uh, he is he's doing everything. It would have been nice to have him on our side. That's all I'm saying.
3: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's just... What can you do? A little bit.
2: Yeah. Speaking of what can you do, Mike is going for the Hall of Fame today on the on the fight. That oh. should be inter- 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 interesting and entertaining. I know that uh, these two are rooting for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in anything, son. You root for it. that's okay. That's fine.
4: <laughs> <It's>
3: okay, <man. laughs> Rock is pointing
4: at me. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll see how that goes. Rooting for. Him. I can't believe it, Randy. I can't believe you would. I did him tell like him that.
3: yesterday we were rooting for him to you know at least push you. Why'd, it, you, say, it, why'd you say we? We had, had, we had a well we. As in, we the listeners. We the people, Rock. Speaking of you
2: specifically, sir. (laughs) And, and Rock, by the way, there's a uh, texter that doesn't want us to do St. Louis questions anymore on this St.
5: Louis station. And,
4: again, it's not just about stumping Randy. It's about everybody listening and having some fun with some trivia questions. That's why I I loved the fight when it was the 4 o'clock fight and I would get off from school. And I would sit in traffic, and, and I'd usually be in the car still at 4 p.m., and I'd hear the fight. And it, it, that's one of the reasons I love trivia. And so that's that's the pur- the purpose. And a lot of people driving around listening to us are in St. Louis, and they know mm-hmm. St. Louis teams. So it's more fun for them that way.
2: So I, uh, you, you said that you got got— uh, uh, By the you, way, today U- is U-Gal a very
4: not—I got nothing St. Louis on today, coincidentally. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay, there you go. Having to work out that way. Um, so uh, our, our buddy Chris Long, who was on with us yesterday, I was texting with him last night, and he said, man, I can't believe you've been doing this as long as you have. He said, it's a lot more difficult than I thought it was. And it's really not. But he's, <laughs> but, but, point being, uh, Chris was saying that—and uh, it's cool. He really liked being on the show, and yeah. he really liked being on with you because— he likes people that have fun, right. and he, yeah. he's clearly a guy that has fun. Not everybody that does this is having fun, so uh, it, it was good to hear from him, and he'll come on with us once the season is over so we can talk a little bit more about his foundations and what he's got going on, but uh, great to hear, it, hear from him. May 2nd, 1983, John Elway gets traded by the Baltimore Colts to the Denver Broncos. My first night as an intern, Lisa Bedian, who was the producer at KMOX, on my very first night as an intern, let me do everything. I'm calling around the country, calling and interviewing general managers and stuff like that. And she was guiding me. It wasn't like I was doing it myself. But the fact that I was allowed to be Mm hands-on the very first night I was ever in the business was so valuable to me. So May 2nd will be 40 years in the business for me. Wow. So, and some people aren't even that old. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm
4: not. <laughs> the fight is next.
2: And by the way, that's my excuse for uh, sucking on the fight this week, everybody, because I'm, I'm old. The fight I'm is next. i you know? <laughs> <laughs> fight is next on 101 ESPN.
4: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome
0: to the fight in the red corner, Average Joe Listener.
3: To the opening drive, I am Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today, again today, is Mike going for his third victory in four tries? We had a, we oh, had a, we had a Friday didn't happen. It didn't happen. So you are going for your third victory, Mike. You're going for the Hall of Fame. are you the talk of your family at this point? Have you have you been having conversations? I know last time you te- you had your wife listen to it because she didn't believe you won. She has to believe that you are a winner now. What are you what yeah. what's going on at home?
7: Um uh, nothing. She's here
8: this morning before she goes to work and if I become the Hall of Famer I I really don't
5: think it's gonna mean much of anything, guys. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Nothing changes. We gotta, have, we gotta, we gotta talk to your wife. Make sure we get a celebration, a, a victory cake, or you know, some type of something.
8: She's hoping, she's hoping for a gift card or some blues hockey test, And uh, you're way over hoping that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, so.
3: I, I have no control over that, sir. I'm sorry about that. That's right. That's right. All right, Mike. You ready? Yes, sir. I am ready. All right. Here we go. Which starting quarterback tallied the lowest passing yard count in Super Bowl history? Is it Bob Greasy, Craig Morton, or Tony Eason? Craig Morton.
4: Who was the first Latin American player inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Louis Aparicio, Roberto Clemente, or Juan Marichal?
8: Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say, my gut tells me Juan Marichal.
3: Who was the last player to steal more than 50 bases in a Major League Baseball season? Is it Whit Merrifield, Jose Altuve, or
4: D. Strange Gordon?
8: I'm going to say it's Merrifield.
4: And happy birthday to two-time NBA MVP Steve Nash. Which NBA team drafted Steve Nash in the 1996 draft? Was it the Dallas Mavericks, the Phoenix Suns, or the Portland Trailblazers?
8: Teams. Just, I'm sorry. Say it one more time.
4: Which NBA team drafted Steve Nash in the 1996 draft? Was it the Dallas Mavericks, the Phoenix Suns, or the Portland Trailblazers?
8: Phoenix Suns. Now that one I know for sure.
4: All right, we'll double check our score. We'll bring in Randy Kerker. All right, Mike, how do you awesome.
8: feel? Uh, well, I'm not high today,
4: so I don't <laughs> know what I feel like. Oh.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. you. Well, let me put it this way. I'm not, I'm not endorsing any of this Let put it that way. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we'll see how well you did. Randy, say hello to Mike again. Mike, good
2: morning. How are you doing?
9: Hey, Randy, I, I'm great. Listen, before anything even happens today, I just want you to know, yeah. everything yes. I have ever learned has been from you over the years. And stuff. So
7: anybody surprised by that, they owe you the credit because you're the one who has taught me a bunch of stuff, so.
2: That's so pass. nice of you. You've been very nice throughout the course of this process, and good luck today.
7: Oh, right, I thank you. You too, Randy.
3: You ready? Ready. All right, here we go. Which good. quarterback tallied the lowest passing yard count in Super Bowl history? Any quarterback?
4: Like starting or, rel- or which quarterback? No, no, it's, it's on there. It's in the question. Which quarterback tally starting quarterback? Which
3: starting quarterback? No. <laughs> which starting quarterback? If it's in the question, we give yep, it to Randy. I apologize. Which starting quarterback tallied the lowest passing yard count in Super Bowl history?
2: Okay. Uh, I know that there was one in the 70s. I'm pretty sure this is a uh, cowboy game. So you had... Like Bob Greasy, I think he had a stretch there where he th- had something like five, six, or seven attempts. But I think there was Red Miller's Bronco team that played Dallas in 77. And I think they had to take Morton out because he was so horrible and play number 14. But Morton was a starter number 7. Number 14 was Norris Weiss. Who and, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. I I have an answer. Oh, I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> I'm just trying to
2: I I think I'm for some reason when Brady was throwing for the 145 it seems like that because he before that last drive was in the like double digits. Mm. Right, He had thrown for something like 95 yards. But I think it was Craig Morton. I'm going to go with Craig Morton. Who was
4: the first Latin American player inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame?
2: Hmm. First Latin American player inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, uh, Clemente died in 1971 and I believe was inducted immediately. So I... That just seems logical to me. He didn't he didn't have to serve the waiting period. So I'm gonna go with Roberto Clemente.
3: Who's the last player to steal more than 50 bases in a major league season?
2: I believe again. I'm gonna go D Gordon. D Strange Gordon. Maybe it was D Gordon at that time. But I'll go with him. All right, and happy birthday to two-time MVP Steve Nash. Which
4: NBA team drafted Steve Nash in the 1996 draft?
2: This is funny because my son and I were literally talking about Steve Nash last night. And uh, we were actually talking about uh, the best and worst groups of three. Not worst, but most disappointing. And one of those was when Nash came back to Phoenix from Dallas and was with Sean Marion and Amare Stoudemire. Uh, And Nash was originally drafted by the Suns. And then obviously went to other teams, but drafted out of Santa Clara, if I'm not mistaken, by, and he's from Canada and had weird moppy hair. Uh, So I'm going to say that he was drafted by the the Phoenix Suns, gentlemen.
4: No tiebreaker needed today, boys. We have a winner. And just a little, a little stats because we like stats here. January 19th. 2022 was the last time somebody took home a Hall of Fame in the fight. The signed baseball from Randy Carricker. It was right before I got here. The day I started here, Randy, they gave away that Hall of Famer. I was not here. I had to leave for training.
2: Let's give another one. Do we have another
4: Hall of Famer in the fight on the opening drive? The first ever in the opening drive's history? Or is Randy Carricker playing spoiler on a Tuesday? Ring that
0: bell! A winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Character.
1: The fight is driven by mobile on the run. Join the on the run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app
4: today. Just win, baby. Mike, I'm so sorry. I wanted to give it to you, but Randy Character beat you 3-1 to one today in the fight. Oh, no. Yes, it was. <laughs> 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 I
5: should
8: have beat an edible would have probably done me a lot better. Right? <laughs> sure.
5: You did but take him to a tiebreaker,
4: yeah. Mike. The only it's when
3: I got right with Steve Nash.
4: You are, yeah. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. That, is, that is You got the last one correct. Let's go through the rest of those answers. Tony Eason is the starting quarterback with the lowest yard count in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. He went 0 for 6 with 0 yards before being replaced by Steve Grogan for the mm-hmm. rest of that Super Bowl against the Bears. Grogan did not do much better, but still, who was the first Latin American player inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame? It was Roberto Clemente posthumously in 1973. The next one up was Juan Marichal. The last player to steal more than 50 bases in an MLB season was 2017, 60 exactly, by D. Strange Gordon, and before all of the things happened with him going to the Mavericks and then back to the Suns, he started with the Phoenix Suns, drafted 15th overall in the first round of the 1996 draft, was Steve Nash. So a 3-1 win for Randy. Mike, you th- Mike, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the show and for the fight over these last four days. It's been an absolute pleasure.
8: Absolutely, guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Randy, again. Thanks, uh, Kerry. I appreciate it.
2: Mike, thank great you great very job, much. Mike. We appreciate it. Tony Easton and Illini.
3: Hell yeah, yeah he was. That was yeah. You think he can uh, answer that after the game? <laughs> not not a great uh, not a great game for those guys. Nobody you you know what the what the, the 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 frustrating part that I they gave William Refrigerator Perry that touchdown and and yeah. Walter Payton didn't. That, that bothered was, Walter too. It did bother him. It bothered him a long time that
2: he didn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, what a shame. So there's the fight for you on 101 ESPN coming up. We're going to talk to Klays. Stick around. He's next. <laughs> You're
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs
1: Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Super Bowl champ, Terry Davis, Randy Carriker. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And we head to the Brown and Croupin celebrity line. And standing by is our friend, the one and only Mike Claiborne. Claiborne, good morning. How are you doing?
8: I am doing well. Just came back from Roger Dean, the complex, and, you know, Randy, if we needed to start spring training today, we probably would have just about everybody here.
5: Hmm. That's good. that's impressive. I mean, it is. I've,
8: I've never seen guys show up this early before. So, uh, obviously, they feel like there's some unfinished business. But uh, people are starting to fall in. But if we needed to start today, we could.
3: That's that's pretty that's pretty good. I mean, when you have guys, you know, ready and willing to be there early, uh, that that usually is a good sign. What are your what are your expectations for this season, Claves? What what, what are realistic expectations for this team for this season?
8: Well, Kerry, it's, it's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> I think that you know what if they get a break, if guys live up to the expectations, they can find themselves certainly in the Final Four, if not the World Series. Uh, I mean, they've got all the parts. They just have to get some people to produce. I mean, you know, that you got some guys that you want to see what flair can do. You want to see what Tyler O'Neal can do. You want to look at some of these other young guys that you have in your organization, like a Jordan Walker. So, you know, if you get all those things moving in the right direction, stay away from injury, uh, you know, they could get there. I mean, because I, I think the Dodgers might have taken a step back. Uh, you know, the, the you know nobody thought Philadelphia was going to be in the World Series. I mean, it's anybody's to have. I just think you have to be uh, healthy and fortunate and have enough pitching. If you have those three things working for you, and you know, you can play a long time.
2: And Claves, this is something that I, I brought up with Kerry last week. You go into, for example, a three-game series with the Cubs, and it's Flaherty against Strowman. You're feeling pretty good. If it's Michaelis against Tyone, you're feeling pretty good. And then Montgomery against Hendricks, you're feeling pretty good. But you take Jordan, uh, Jack Flaherty out of the mix, and all of a sudden you've got Michaelis and Strowman, and you say uh, coin flip, and then the second game uh, you're going with Montgomery against Tyone, and you're saying coin flip, and then you get to the third game, and it's Matt Soruano against Hendricks, and they the Cubs probably have the advantage that number one starting pitcher sets everything in motion for everybody else at such a high level. If Clarity is healthy, I think it really changes the entire dynamic of the franchise.
8: There, there's no doubt. Um, you know, when you face that number one, you are saying to yourself, this is not going to be four fun at-bats or really three fun at-bats. And, you know, they set the tone for the rest of the series uh, because you're trying to figure out, okay, how can we get these next two games if this guy comes out and pitches the way we think he can? So, yeah, it, it's important. And, you know, you get the postseason – you really have to have two of those guys uh, now, the way the playoff situation is set up. So, you know, it, it's 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 going to be interesting. And, and you know, we're not the only team like that. I think there's some other teams. And you, you mentioned Chicago. I think when you look at the off season in in this division, they probably made the most improvements. I mean, they passed Milwaukee.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: I mean, Milwaukee's got some good starting pitching, but they they don't swing the bat well enough in a hitter's ballpark. So. Uh, the division will be a little bit more competitive than what I think people think with the Cardinals and Cubs,
2: for sure. By the way, it might be the best Cubs defense of our lifetime. And I know that's a big statement, but they weren't great defensively when they won the World Series. But when you look at... Uh Bellinger in center field, and you look at Swanson and Nico Horner, and then uh, behind the plate, uh, they've added a catcher. They, they've got a lot of things going for them defensively in Chicago. Are they more than an eighty five, eighty seven win team? Probably not, but there's a lot of good things there.
8: I think if they have some, uh, if they get some bullpen help, they could be a handful. Because you know, remember they've got some guys who won before. You think about Bellinger. You don't forget Eric Hosmer. Don't Mm, forget Handsome all guys who've been on championship teams, and and that's something that they haven't had over the last few years, other than their own sixteen team. And you know they didn't, you know they kind of broke that thing up. But yeah, they're they're going to be interesting to watch. Uh, But I I really like where the Cardinals are headed. Granted, we haven't played one round of catch yet. Okay, but when you think about all the guys that had started a game for them last year, that are going to come in looking for a spot, whether it's in the rotation or in the bullpen. They may have as much experience as far as starting experience as anybody in the division right now. And maybe I even go as far as the National League. You know, a lot of guys got starts last year for this team. So it's going to be a battle uh, for sure. And, you know, with this WBC, that, that's going to make it even more interesting. Talking to Tommy Edmund today, he has a 12-hour flight to go to Korea to play in the WBC. And I said, well, you throw that in the, the London trip, man, your freaking flyer miles going to go through the roof fishing. <laughs> I mean, You know, it's going to be all good. We, we can get a nice hotel somewhere in the <laughs> offseason. But, you know, uh, that's going to be interesting to watch also, how these guys go away for a couple, three weeks, and then come back and try and pick up where they left off. Uh, and the Cardinals aren't the only team. There are quite a few teams that are going to lose some players. But uh, the WBC is going to give some other players some golden opportunities to, to be seen. Uh, it's just like in hockey with the blues with all the injuries, you know there were some minutes available for some players, and somebody some guys didn't take advantage of it like they needed to and but they made their own you know they can't say I didn't get a chance and I think with this situation in spring training, there's some guys that are going to have a chance to get in front of Ollie Marmal and his staff. And make a name for themselves. So I think this is going to be a very competitive spring training.
3: Hey, clubs, we talked all off season about Flaherty and and O'Neal health, the, their physical health, but mentally, how are they preparing to go about this season? Knowing that this season is is a is a big season for them personally, but also for the team.
8: You know, I, I was talking to Tyler O'Neal about that today. I said, how, "How are you, man? I know you stayed around St. Louis in the off season. You know, how are you uh, head wise?" He said, I'm in a good place. He said, you know, I know what I need to do. Uh, I feel good. I'm just going to go out and play and not worry about anything else. And, you know, Kerry, you've been there. The, the less you worry about things you can't do anything about, the more effective you can be at things you can do something about. And I think that's the approach O'Neill has taking.
2: Hey, Klaibs, what was the first Super Bowl you went to? Who man. It was uh, like 30. I was just telling yeah. Matthew, mine was uh, Super Bowl 20, the bears and the Patriots.
8: Yeah. You know what? I think I was at that with new Orleans, right?
2: Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah.
8: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I was, at, I think that might've been my first one or maybe the year before. Um,
2: that was in, uh, in, in um, Stanford, Palo Alto, right? And, it was 49ers yeah. and uh,
8: That that's my first. Okay. My yeah. First. 49ers and Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. Um, Man, and you know now, um, you know, Joe Roderick is out there covering uh, covering things for uh, Clays Online. And, you know, I'll tell you something, man. I'm not sure if I'll ever go back to one. I think that Rams thing gave me all I needed in life between hmm. that and working with Leon Lett when he was with the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> right. and all of that. Now, let me ask you guys this question. Do you all go to Super Bowl
2: parties? When I was going to Super Bowls, I went to Super Bowl parties. Yes, they're epic.
8: Correct. Yeah, I mean, no, not not the, not the ones at least. Steinberg. Oh, you I'm to watch games. No. Yeah. One, yeah, me neither. I don't either. And here's why. <laughs> you know, You know, cause all you have to do is sit and listen to somebody, and you know they're wrong. <laughs> and you try to figure out how you can correct them before they say, oh, Mr. Know-it-all, Mr. Talk Show So you know what? I think over the years, I can name the people on one hand that I have sat and watched a Super Bowl with. And, and that's after we polished off a good steak and some lobster <laughs> and some wine. And, you know, we, we it's a feast, but I can't do it, man. Claire,
3: I, do it. I usually sit in the house and watch it by myself or just with my immediate family. Uh, there you go. They, they there tend there. to, that when thing. you go to those Super Bowl parties, for me, what are they thinking right now? Yeah. How the hell do I know? I'm not <laughs> there. Like, I mean, why would I like, know like, what I, he's thinking? I don't know why he I mean, did like, that. They, they feel like they put a quarter in and you, you're
5: going to give them an answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's just,
8: I. Yeah, I okay, I just want to make sure I was the only no, one. No, you're not alone, sir. Hey, okay. Mike, All so,
2: right. I got to tell you guys uh, this one question story and it's it's one of my favorite jack buck stories because it, it tells you about the the breadth and how adored jack buck was so i i got those super bowl 20 tickets for my dad for christmas huge football fan and he loved it so the next year he says hey we're we going back to the super bowl i said well yeah yeah sure i guess so i go, steve, remember steve Walsh. He was a t- ticket director for the big red he said oh yeah he, yeah he took uh-huh. care of us. great guy so we wind up my dad and i go into the super bowl every year one year in san diego the, the Commissioner's Party is at a naval base, and the Commissioner's Party is the most difficult ticket to get. I get Commissioner's Party tickets, we get on the bus, we go to this naval base, but I had left the Commissioner's Party tickets on a coffee table in oh. our hotel room. Oh. So I am standing outside this naval base, and who shows up in a limo but Jack Buck. He says, "What are you doing here, kid? All right, kid?" Yep. I said, "You know what? My dad and I are trying to get in, and I left our tickets back at the hotel." He says, "Follow me." My dad's outside. We walk in. He walks ten yards. There's Art Modell. Art, this is Randy Carricker from our station. He's trying to get in. Do you have a ticket? Art says, "Well, I, I got one, Jack. I, I don't have more. I only got. I only have this one." Jack says, "No problem." We walk another ten yards. There's the commissioner, Pete Rozelle. Pete. This is my friend, Randy Carricker. He works with us in, the, in St. Louis. You have one extra ticket? Sure, Jack. Takes a, a, a commissioner. He's got a stack. Sure, Jack.
5: Hands, hands him right? the second ticket. Hardest ticket in
2: the world. And here is one of the preeminent owners and the commissioner of the league taking wow. care of Jack Buck to get Randy Carricker and his dad awesome. into the commissioner's party. It's one of my <laughs> all-time price. favorite memories.
8: That's amazing. That's prices. By the way, it's he, going to take a little coin this year to get into the Super Bowl, from what I understand. Oh, oh, yeah. I yeah. Ten grand? I got, I got news for you with the way TV is set up and the technology. I don't know why anybody would ever go to a no, game. I agree. Never line to get to your bathroom. Your beer is colder and much cheaper. You don't have to pay a hundred bucks to park and you can see the replays a lot clearer <clears throat> and you don't have some idiots sitting behind you talking about things he has no clue about. So
2: why would you go? And Mike, th- this might feel like piling on, but the NFL deserves it. Uh, Think about your worst TSA experience and then double it, and that's getting into a Super Bowl now.
8: That's true. And, and you know, the other thing, when you, you think about the Super Bowl, like I, I used to go and go during the week and go to the parties, and that Sunday morning I was on a plane back to St. Louis. That's the play. I, I didn't stay for them. Yep. I mean, yeah, I remember, I don't know if you remember the one Lee Steinberg had Randy in, out of Phoenix, mm-hmm. and he had it at the Phoenix Zoo. And here's llamas, and, and they're just all kind of wildlife, just walking around. And you have to be careful of your food, because they walk right up and start eating right out of your place.
2: <laughs> that was the party for a few years, too. The Lee Steinberg party was the party it for a few years. It
8: was to go to, there's no doubt. Uh, now, I understand he still does it. I don't know if he can do it on the scale of some of these corporations do theirs, but uh, th- that's the place you want to be. It was a people-watching event, and uh, he kind of set the tone for... for Uh, corporate parties and and, and events around the big event, be it the the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals, he really kind of got that ball rolling as far as those private parties were concerned.
0: Klabes, great to have
2: you with us. Great to have you down in Florida with boots on the ground. We always appreciate it. What else do you have coming up on Klabes Online?
8: Well, you definitely want to be paying attention to the two man game with Rocky or Rammer cause, because tonight LeBron might break Kareem's record. And, man, I don't have enough time to tell you about how I feel about that. And also, Dr. Rick and his podcast, High Richards and I Chop It Up About the Super Bowl, that'll come your way on Thursday. And whenever Alex Ferrario comes back from Disney World, shaking hands with Nicky's, we'll talk some
2: <laughs> Sounds great, my man. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys to take care. See you All later. Right. That's Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. Coming up, today's big thing. Jordan Love is going to be the guy that follows the guy. You want to be that guy. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs
1: Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for Today's Big Thing. 9.07
2: Time Check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carriker, the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. And we're going to talk at the bottom of the hour to one of Kerry's fellow champions in Super Bowl 43, Max Starks. Getting that one right. Yes, sir. Uh, We were talking, we talk sports all the time and we talk about our favorites and Kerry's favorite as a kid was Ozzie Smith. My favorite as a young reporter was Ozzie Smith. And he was replaced by... Royce Clayton, who was a really good player, but never really accepted as a great player by the Cardinal fans, in large part because he was the guy that followed the guy. And you never want to be the guy that follows the guy. You want to follow the guy that follows the guy. So we've got to listen. We want you to weigh in here because we know we don't have everybody. So you can text in 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. But... uh, Recently, we had John Shire for Duke, the guy who followed the guy. Right? He followed Coach K, and the other night became the first person ever to beat North Carolina as a Duke coach and player. Wow, so, I,
3: I, that, that's pretty impressive. Shire is
2: following <laughs> the guy, though, isn't he? He is, and that's going to be a—I mean—the guy.
3: Uh, you, you think about Coach K, and, and I mean, he's he's what basketball, college basketball, has been for you know so many years. It's difficult. That is one of the most difficult things to follow after a, a Hall of Fame legend type of player. I, I look at you talked about Royce Clayton following Ozzy. I think that was a tough task for him specifically because he's a he's another Black man following the greatest mm-hmm. baseball player to ever play that position. You have you have Brett Favre uh, being followed by Aaron Rodgers. One that actually turned out pretty well. But
2: how about Jordan Love now?
3: Now Jordan Love having to follow behind those two, we don't know. We we have no clue what to what, what's gonna take place. I, the one that that's always stood out to me because he's the all time leading rusher, um Emmett Smith, and then Troy Hambrick. Yeah. And the reason why Troy Hambrick stood out to me, I don't remember I feel like there was a play, and I feel like it was against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know why I remember this. He was running down the sideline, and he stepped out of bounds. like He ran out of bounds instead of taking on the hit, and there was this comparison at that point. You will never be Emmitt Smith if you do that, and that was kind of how his career went from that point on in a Dallas Cowboys uniform, just not being able to follow the greatest running back in Cowboy history and the greatest rusher of all
4: time Mm in Emmitt Smith. You you bring you kind of breaking down the the Packers one maybe jump up should is Mike Tomlin a good person on this list considering what you we consider taking over for a wow. cower, what you have in in the Knoll and the cower? I mean this team hasn't this team hasn't had to think twice about a coach in forty years at that point mm-hmm. and you come into an there's the legacy of the Pittsburgh Steelers I think
3: he's on the good side of it he, yeah. you know you have Knoll you have they've haven't had they've had three coaches since seventy. Is really, 1970. Right. Yep. They are they are the the standard that for how been, to God, that run had to your tough. organization. Cool. But he, I mean, if you look at his career, broke, he has broke. the same number of championships as, as, as Bill Cowher, you know, and mm-hmm. more. I, I believe he has more wins at this point because he has never had a losing season. So, you know, it, it's it's impressive to be able to follow the guy and have
2: success, and some guys aren't able to do it. There's a guy named Cliff Stout. You may have heard that name in Pittsburgh because yeah. he was drafted by the Steelers in 1980, and he was the quarterback following Terry Bradshaw in the immediate aftermath of the Terry Bradshaw retirement, and everybody just assumed because Bradshaw was great and this guy had been around, oh, he learned from Bradshaw, he's going to be great. He lasted one year. Yeah, right. It's not as easy as it looks when you're standing on
3: the sideline uh, when you have to take put the clipboard down and, and go mm-hmm. actually play the game. There's one from the 636, Adam Wainwright following Chris Carpenter. Yeah,
2: as the 836. Of the
3: Cardinals, that, I like that one. Yeah, I, 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 we didn't. That's not one that we mentioned. I think that's a very good one.
2: Yeah, and sometimes the circumstances, like Carp, followed Daryl Kyle. Yeah, and so Kyle passes away, and the Cardinals needed to somebody somebody to fill that void. Yep. and Chris did a really good job of that. We get the question: Who was the coach after John Wooden at UCLA? It was a guy oh. named Gene Barto. How did he do? He, do? he So he had been an assistant under Wooden, went to UAB, came, and he won. A lot. I think he was like fifty-two and nine in two seasons. He lost but, nine games, but they still weren't there. You go. There you go. <laughs>
3: right. Yep. Like they had they they hadn't lost a game in in three, four, or five years, right? They won they the had, championship all the
2: time. Yeah,
5: they were. Sure. Yeah, Here, that, let It's
2: difficult. Let me see how long it took John Wooden in his last few years to uh, lose nine games. It was so his last year, he goes twenty-eight and three. Second to last year, he went twenty-six and four. The two years before that, he had gone thirty and zero, and before that, he went twenty nine and one. So let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight. It took him six seasons to lose nine games, and to you lose, lose nine in one
3: season, like you, in, in, in
2: two seasons, in two seasons. They, nine, yeah. they,
3: they have to feel a certain way about that.
2: It's That's why the standard
3: wax, yeah. is 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 <laughs> it's unreasonable. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's crazy. It's really, it's too high.
2: So you had multiple guys. We we mentioned uh, Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Love. You had uh, Jay Fiedler replacing Dan Marino. McGuire replaced here in St. Louis by Tino Martinez. Now, Tino was washed up by the time yeah. he got here, too, so that was a bad situation for him. But Albert Pujols was the f- guy who followed the guy. There you go. You, you want to be one removed yeah. from, from that guy. One that went well was uh,
3: was Steve Young following Joe Montana. That that, that was a a really good mm-hmm. one. But even Steve Young knew, after they won that Super Bowl, when they beat the head, he get the gorilla off my yep. back. Guys. Yeah, right. it's, it's been me too long, and he understood what the
2: magnitude of that was following a legend like Joe Montana. Yeah, un- unreal pressure. A couple of other texts this one from the 573. How about the guy who followed Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Maddle? And then, how about the guy who followed Mickey Maddle? Who's that guy? What was his name? And the Yankee center fielder, it might have been Bobby Mercer. Who followed Mickey Mantle. Yeah, but it, that's following oh. the guy who follows the guy. That's a pretty big legacy to, to have <laughs> right. to follow, right? No doubt about it. From the 314, no one wants to follow Gino Ariyama. No, no, he has set a standard at UConn basketball that yeah. it, it won't be matched, it won't be touched. Yep. And then this one, who, th- this one's near and dear to my heart. And I agree with you. I always felt sorry for, for Bulger. He was a great quarterback. Unfortunately, he never had a line, so he got the crap beat out of him. And he had the misfortune of following Kurt. And that is so true. Because I never gave Mark Bulger, personally, the benefit of the doubt. Because he followed Kurt Warner.
3: And I thought he was really good. Like, always, I thought he he had a...
2: He, he went to a couple of Pro Bowls, he didn't did? he, yeah. he? was a, He was a very good quarterback, S- but... Still might be the fastest to 10,000 yards in history.
3: But you're playing after... Kurt Warner, who who came out of nowhere, who was a rising star, a shooting comment, just just flew out of there and 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 took off, and it's hard to follow those guys at times. It's 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 a difficult task to be
2: the guy after the guy. It really is. So you want to be the guy that follows the guy that's after the guy. There's here's one. Patrick Holmes, by the way, uh, is the fastest now to ten thousand yards. I don't know who he passed.
3: Here's one for you, and and we'll know this year is Wilson Contreras.
2: Yeah, right. Following
3: the guy. Yeah. And Yachty, who's been, you
2: know, here for, for, for seems like forever. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy. So fastest to 10,000 yards, number one is Patrick Mahomes. Number two is Kurt Warner. Number three is Mark Bulger. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Wow. Thank you, Isaac and Tori. Yeah. Thank you, Mike <laughs> Martz. <good>. That was <laughs> unbelievable. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's today's big thing coming up. The Suns were ready to give up Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving, and the Lakers tried to get him, too. Would those have been good moves for those teams? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs
1: Tire and Auto Centers.
4: If this doesn't work for Dallas and they were to lose Kyrie Irving for nothing in free agency... Uh, or sign him to a short extension, and then have to trade him because it's not working. Uh, it's a setback for this organization. So uh, a big risk on a big talent in Kyrie Irving.
2: That is Woj from ESPN on the heels of the Dallas Mavericks trading for Kyrie Irving. And Kerry Davis, Randy Character with you. CD, I really look at this. I, I don't even care what the other team gave up. I believe that Dallas, or any team that traded for Kyrie Irving, was rolling the dice. I think he is so unpredictable, and while extraordinarily physically gifted, because you don't know what you're going to get out of him or if he's even going to be available, I think it's a risky move for anybody that got him.
3: Well, I I told you uh, before that I got a friend that says, your game got to be bigger than your problems. And, And Kyrie has has game he he is a an elite basketball player you know one of the top to to play this game he, he is if you had none of the off the court things that that you know whether him missing games or or you know just not showing up at times I I don't think we would be having this conversation obviously we would we would be talking about him one one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game um I'm not mad at the Mavs for taking this chance and, and getting Luka another star to play with. This will be his first 1A, 1B type of situation that that, that Luka has had in his career there with the Mavericks. And, and so you're looking for him to, and talking about Kyrie, you're looking for him to bring value to that team in a West that, I, I want to say, three to four games separates... Teams three through ten or twelve, mm-hmm. it's so close that you know a, a three or four game win streak, you could jump from number eight to number two and yeah. and and be right there in the playoffs. So getting getting a guy like Kyrie, I think was a good deal for them, and I think the, the the Brooklyn Nets they got what they needed out of it as well.
2: Here's my perception of this. I have no idea if this perception is rooted in reality, but when Kyrie left Cleveland. He wanted to get out of the shadow of LeBron James. Correct. When he wanted, when he went to Boston, he was almost offended that the young players were the the chosen ones in in Boston. That's what mm-hmm. the big reason he left because Tatum and Brown were their guys. He gets to Brooklyn where he is one one a very worst mm-hmm. with Kevin Durant, where, whereas he should have been too. Right. And seems unhappy. Everybody was unhappy once Harden arrived, and especially Kyrie because he's he's wants to be the alpha, but he shouldn't be the mm-hmm. alpha. So my my question is: Is Luca enough of an alpha at this point of his career that Kyrie can respect him and be Robin? I think Kyrie is very intelligent. I, I think
3: you know he's a he's a a person who. He probably gets a bad rap because he wants to help people if it is what it seems to me. But I, I think he understands coming into this situation, <laughs> make no bones about it, this is Lucas' team. We don't have any disagreement. I mm-hmm. think when he was in Cleveland, he wanted to be the guy. You know, there was videos of him when he was younger, when they were uh, at the, I think, the Olympics or with the Dream Team or whatever that was, telling Kobe, I could beat you in basketball. You know, you saw those videos. Very confident young man but not really willing to accept his role. I think when he got to, got to Boston, he realized, man, these guys don't even listen to me. And that mm-hmm. was probably the frustration where he was feeling like he was the older guy at that point. And he kind of said, you know what, I may have been a bad teammate to LeBron. I may not have done all of the things that I needed to do. I think at this point in his career, him being there with Luca, understanding that this is Luca t- Luca's team, you were brought in to add value, to help us make a run at the championship – this is what you're going to have to do, and there are going to be games where he outscores Luca. There are going to be games where he's, you know, <laughs> twelve for 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 eighteen and and got thirty five points. It, it's going to happen. He's forty five points. He's going to have one of those games or a few of those games because he's that skillful. But. He understands, I believe, that this is Luca's team, and it's his show.
2: Okay, I want a couple of quick reactions from you. The Lakers offered Russell Westbrook and first-rounders in 2027 and 2029. The Nets wanted the first-rounders, plus Austin Reeves and Max Christie. Should the Lakers have done that, that trade? And they would have had to keep Westbrook. Uh, or, or get rid of him somewhere else, get rid of the salaries.
3: No. I mean, how would you—if you're the Lakers, how do you have— all three of those. When I say three of those, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and and uh, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. all on the on the team at the same time. I, th- you're getting smaller, t- and you're you got guys that need the ball in their hands that are going to be able to to help you win.
2: The Suns offered a deal that fits financially. Jay Crowder, who hasn't played with Phoenix yep. at all this year, Chris Paul, and one first rounder, but. Sham Sharina reported that Brooklyn would have wanted three first-rounders should Phoenix have gone, Paul Crowder, who's doing nothing for them this year, and three first-rounders to get Kyrie with Devin Booker. I don't
3: think so, but I think when you when you offer up Chris Paul and you don't trade him, now you have another issue on your hands when he comes back that that's that's always been an interesting thing, thing to me when mm-hmm. you have players that that you obviously put on the trade market and and the deal doesn't go through and that person has to come back <laughs> home and and realize, oh you don't even really love me like you said you did mm-hmm. you don't want me here and now there's a there's going to be some friction there between you know him and, and that organization, which who why wouldn't it be? You know, it's, it's we're human beings. There are, going to be, there are going to be some feelings that make you a little bit uncomfortable when you're in those
2: settings. Right. I'm with you. I If the Lakers could have done the Westbrook deal, yes. I don't think the Suns should have even gone there. No. I don't think it was a smart move on their part because everybody knew it was going to come out. But my most intriguing aspect of all of this is at this stage of his career, 11, 12-year-old guy now, is... Kyrie Irving going to be able to subjugate his ego enough and it's hard for a lot of guys
3: I think he would like I said I think he is at the point in his career where he understands and and I think Kyrie gets a really bad rap for, for a lot of the things that off the court that have happened, yep. but he doesn't get enough credit for the things off of the court as well. He is a he is a a proponent of helping the WNBA. He is often sending money to to families that are in need and, and going through you know troubling situations. So he, those things kind of go on the back burner, and we talk about everything else not wanting to take the vaccine and not doing this and not doing that but we don't we don't speak enough about the positive things that he does in the community.
2: Kerry, he was a legit Duke student. Yes. He's a he's a really yes. really smart guy. Yes. So, it'll be fun to watch either way, however it happens, it'll be entertaining for us. Carrie, Randy coming up. We're going to talk some Super Bowl with Kerry's Super Bowl teammate Max Starks. He was with the Rams for a while and uh, I I discovered that he's a rather large person. Uh, and he's next on 101 ESPN
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs
1: tire and auto centers to the left he's got breast into the right
9: 18 seconds oh, they can pick down here from the gun Steelers show blitz here they come he gets it away and it's picked off at the goal line there's a flag thrown on the run back james harrison to run it back, and Harrison is past midfield. Harrison going down the sideline. Harrison still on his feet. Harrison is going to go all the way and waiting for the official to get there. Touchdown is signaled. A flag is down on the run back back at the nine yard line.
2: One of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl history in Super Bowl 43. That's the Super Bowl that. Kerry Davis won, and that is Max Stark's Super Bowl as well. And the former Steeler left tackle, he was the left tackle, he was clearing holes for Kerry Davis back in 2008. (laughs) Joins us now on 101 ESPN. Max, thanks for taking some time with us. How you doing?
9: Good, guys. You know, just prepping for Super Bowl out here in the desert.
3: Now, Max, well, I, I got to get your thoughts because I, I when when Debo was running that ball back, we were obviously on the sideline watching. What was your what were your thoughts as that was taking place? I, I, mine was just don't get caught, if you get in the end zone. But yeah. what were you thinking watching him run that ball back?
9: I was I was I was I was thinking the same exact things like like please get in the end zone. I was like yeah I was like you know James was never known for being the most fleet of foot correct so it was like he's known for power not speed you yes. know what I'm saying like. He's a fru He's not he's not a Ferrari. So you know, I was I was just like, please God and then you saw Larry chasing him down like, Oh God, don't
6: get, hawked. Don't get a hawk. Don't get a hawk. Don't get hawk.
9: Thank you, Jesus. You didn't get a hawk. I thought I, hey listen, I was ready to carry that, that air tank out to him. In the end zone, he was sprawled out because it was actually on the way to the locker room. So it's like yeah. you just pick him up and drug him in there.
5: We could have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we
9: could I was like, That's the least I could do for you, Jay. You know, don't use your legs. You used them enough. <laughs> <laughs> we,
3: we've we been talking all week about the the importance of having guys that have played in Super Bowls. Uh, Super Bowl forty three was my first Super Bowl, but you had already played in one in Super Bowl 40, 40 and one. Uh, just talk about the, the experience of, of – Playing in your first one and then coming back and then having being able to play in a second one and how the how they different dif, how they were different.
9: I mean, you know, both of them are truly special. Um, you know, you you can't you can't put a price on those opportunities. But I mean, to make it there a second time at uh, that time with, with you and you know it, you realize how how special and how tough it is to to make it to a Super Bowl. not let alone try and even win it. So, you know, it was it was just one of those things where it was like, man, we did it. You know, you, you come together, and every year is a different journey, right? I mean, we went through teams that we thought were better than other ones. But for some reason, you look back on you're like, man, there was something special about this crew, man. I, mean, I don't know what it was. And it was just being together, the unity, and then it just clicks at the right time. For everything, that's perfect. Um, You know, I think that's where we kind of look at it and we say, okay, this was special. But, I mean, I was blessed and fortunate. You know, know, when you get one, you know, what's better than the first one? The next
5: one. (laughs) Indeed.
2: Yeah. Former Steelers and for a season. Rams offensive tackle with us. Uh, Max Starks with us on 101 ESPN. I I just brought up, yeah, that you're one year here in St. Louis. I I remember that. You came in and played for Jeff Fisher for that season.
9: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Came in. My so my my good buddy, the now GM of the Tennessee Titans, Rand Carthon.
5: Mm-hmm.
9: Uh, talk about running back connection. That was my running back in college, the University of Florida. Rand and I came out together. Um and so Rand called me up and said, Hey man, we got we got some issues. Roger Saffold was uh was 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 injured and Jake Long was dealing with some with some injuries as well. You wanna come in for a couple weeks and help us out? Absolutely. Went for the workout and really vibe with, you know. Coach Boudreaux and it was it was a great opportunity um, you know, to come in and just be around the organization. Jeff Fisher, funny enough, was actually college roommates and friends with, with my uncle Joey Brown, and they went to USC together at the same time. Hmm.
5: So, so
9: yeah. Small world. So, yeah, small world. So with Coach Fisher, the first time I met him, he was like, Holy hell. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Starks? I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know. No, 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 trust me, I'm a Browner. He's like, oh man,
5: <laughs> <laughs>
9: we know how crazy Coach Fisher was. Um, so it was so it was really cool to vibe with them and be and be out there in good old Earth City, Missouri, <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey,
3: Max, you you talked about prepping for this game. What are your expectations uh, for the Eagles versus the the Chiefs this weekend?
9: So you know what was great, I, I had the opportunity. I was, I, I did, uh, I I was one of the uh, hosts for uh, opening night last night um, for radio on, on SXM. So I got to go out and actually interview the players and, you know, just talking to them, the different vibes that they had was that you had one perspective where, you know, the Eagles, you know, this is, this is something that you have a couple of guys where it's old hat, but really largely a, a brand new crew When you think of the contributors and the guys playing in it. Um, you know, and they were just kind of, Hyper. They're hyper excited. The bright, the lights were bright. They were big. Everybody's looking around and really taking in the moment. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs, a little bit more reserved, where you know they've they, they've been in the Super Bowls third out of the last four years. You know, and they've hosted five straight AFC title games. So for them, you saw this kind of being a legacy moment for them, because it's like, okay, you're going to come to three Super Bowls. You need to have a winning percentage after this Super Bowl, right? This is the rubber match for them. Um, coming back to the Super Bowl. So you saw a little bit more reserved. Uh, a couple of guys had, had a, were very cavalier with their statements about they're not looking at certain players on the other team. I will give <laughs> them a name to re- reduce the cannon fodder on the bulletin boards. But, um, you know, it was just two very vastly different approaches. But I tell you, you know, one, you, you know what they could do defensively. They, they've wrecked teams. I mean, they had 70 regular season sacks and then eight more in the postseason. So you come in this game with 78 sacks on, on, under your belt, that's a pretty damn good team, you know, when you're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles. And then offensively, I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes, but they're a team that's, that's very balanced. And so, you know, got a chance to talk to Jarek McKinnon last night, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and just talk about the kind of that running game because I think it kind of gets overlooked um, in this process that, you know, they have a, they're a solid run team. So you bring a well-balanced offense, with a killer defense, I expect to see fireworks.
3: Hey, hey, Max, do you think that this Eagles team, should they win the Super Bowl, could go down as, as one of the best teams in NFL history? I mean, they they really only lost one game with their starting quarterback. Uh, they lost those two games while Jalen Hurts was out, but you got a uh, an offense that is third in, in total offense. You got the defense that you spoke of with the number of sacks and how well they play. Uh, could they go down as an all-time team if they were to win?
9: I, I mean, yeah, because you look at their numbers, their numbers – if they get, a, I want to say, I think it's three more sacks. They they now rival the eighty five Bears mm. defensively. Just think about that num- how astronomical that number was <laughs> back then, and the fact that they're on the precipice of being able to eclipse that number in this game. So yeah, I have to put them when, when you get in that rarefied air that you start, you know, comparing them to legendary teams as far as production. You got, you got, you got, you got to throw, you got to throw some smoke in their direction and say what they did was just absolutely phenomenal. Because they not only were number one in the NFC, they were number one in total wins in the NFL for this year. Mm-hmm. So it's something that they've been on a tear. And like you said, Jalen Hurts fourteen and one as a starter this season. Um, that's nothing, that's nothing to sniff at. And so if they can, if they can complete the cycle, they most definitely could go down as one of the greatest.
2: Couple of more things for Kerry's former teammate with the Steelers, Max Starks. Max in a league in a large group of large men. You were one of the biggest when you watch a guy like Velada play and 6'8", 365, and he looks just so light on his feet. Tell us what you see when you watch a guy like Velada left tackle.
9: Ah oh, man, I, I love watching Jordan um, he He's he's a, he's a young man that you know had a rugby background, um, went through the international player portal and you know, discovered football after, after being a successful rugby player. So he brings a lot of different elements to his game that you normally don't see, right? They're not taught in traditional football as an offensive lineman. He's used to being just an offensive and defensive player at all times, and you have to have endurance. You have to have size and power to play rugby. So a lot of those rugby principles transfer over for him, and that makes him an even more <clears throat> elite offensive lineman. So when I watch him play – He's just got that rare combination. I mean, he is physical as all get out. I mean, can absolutely just blow guys off the ball. You know, I was talking to Jason Kelsey last night, and Jason said, man, he's like, you know, when you're pulling around the left side, I mean, with, him, you know, with, with Jordan and with uh, Landon Dickerson, he's like, dude, I, I don't, I just like, when I pull, it's like there's just a clear lane. Like, I don't really have, I can buck <laughs> it on an angle, I don't have to pull flat because they're just going to absolutely cave down, you know, whatever side when I'm coming around. So it makes me look even faster. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, we, and so when you hear that compliment from the center on the team, a captain on that squad, I mean, that's the ultimate compliment to get that from your peer um, and him just give it unabashedly. So, I mean, that's something that I think is really special. And, you know, you can just go down the line. I mean, the rest of that unit, that, that, that offensive line is probably the best offensive line in the league this year.
3: Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts on something. I don't know if you saw this last week, but Micah Parsons was giving uh, props to Lane Johnson for playing through his injury. And, and you know, they're division rivals. And then Bart Scott uh, had something to say about it in terms of, he would never give that, that type of props to a, to a rival. He, it took him therapy to not want to punch Hines in the face because we know what that rivalry is. What <laughs> yeah. are your thoughts on, on, on giving a division rival some props as they head into the Super Bowl. What would you think about that?
9: You know, I I, I think it's respect, man. You know, I mean, because, you know, obviously we played in a different era, Kerry. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, it was also the era of Dave Chappelle's haters ball. I mean, that's just what we grew up in. Hate,
5: hate, 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 you know.
9: Yeah, so, you know, Bar Scott's just from that school of thought. But, you know, I, I actually remember getting a compliment after the first time I left the Steelers that Terrell Suggs actually went in the Baltimore paper, the Baltimore Sun. it was like, you know, right before the Steelers, he's like, he's like, man, I am so glad they got rid of Max Starks. <laughs> and he's like, because now I can actually get to Hawaii sooner. Um, you know, I was like, the Steelers probably made one of their biggest mistakes, but a biggest blessing for me. Mm. And he said, let's go Pro Bowl. Uh, and, a, and then what did he do? He went and got three and a half sacks. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that game when I wasn't there. So so I can appreciate a rival giving some kudos, but I mean, but today's athlete, I mean, when you're talking about the social media, the just transparency and just open context and stream of consciousness that's available to us now, um, you know, as athletes and former athletes. Um, it, it's good. I mean, you can recognize it, but also that also means, you know, you have one and Michael Parsons, we argue, is one of the best defensive linemen, pass rush specialists um, in the league this year. And if he could, you know, say, hey, I got to give kudos to that dude because he, know, he knows what it is. When you go face-to-face with someone,
5: mm-hmm.
9: you know, and, you, and you're battling and both of you are giving your best, all you can do is just, you know, like you said, tip your cap to him. And, and they made it to the game. You didn't. Right. So it's just like, hey, man, hey, tip the cap to you. But also know that I'm coming next year and the year after that and the year after that. So <laughs> remember this compliment because it might be the last time you hear that from me if, if I get a three-sack day on you.
2: Max, Kerry and I have been doing the show for six months. He still has not worn purple.
9: <laughs> yeah, once get, why? why? I mean, there's so many other great <laughs> colors in the spectrum. Why would you sully yourself with such? And see, and on top of that, I, 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 in my fraternity, I'm an alpha. I'm an alpha man. So black and gold runs through my blood. There you go. Through many levels, but purple has always been something. You know, I associated with dogs and dog food. Um, So it has not been something. So I'm completely in the same place with with him on
3: this. It it just doesn't fit my, you know, my tone of skin and purple don't really mesh well, Max. And so I have no reason to wear that at all, ever. Yeah. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no. I go pink
9: over purple. There you yeah, go. Purple. Every day. <laughs> yeah.
3: Hey, Max, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Enjoy your time down in Arizona. Uh, we'll be reaching back out to you shortly and, and get some thoughts on what's going on, how the Super Bowl went, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, bro.
9: All right. Look forward to it, fellas. Y'all take care. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks, Appreciate Max. It.
2: Appreciate it. Max Starks carries Thanks. Super Bowl teammate with us on One ESPN. By the way, we pretty much agree that Johnson and Kelsey are – at the very worst, borderline Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. if not Hall of Famers, yeah. right? Malata could be that guy too.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, when you're when you're that size and able to move that well, that that's the thing about. And I try to tell young players this: that that if you are athletic. And you can play off on the offensive line and be that athlete. You bring something to the table that most people don't have. And, and they pay handsomely mm-hmm. for being an athlete on the offensive line. Max was an athlete. We had guys on our offensive line that were athletic. Trey, Trey Essex is a guy that comes to mind. He was like Mr. Basketball in Indiana. He could hoop hoop. Mm-hmm. And He was an offensive lineman. And so when you have that athleticism, you can play a long time in the NFL on the offensive line because it's hard to find guys that are 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, that can
2: run. Orlando signed a five-year contract when he started. Okay, Before the O two 2 season, he holds out, comes back, signs the Friday before the opener. Mm. And was the best guy. On Sunday, he was <laughs> the best guy. Here's the thing. You talk about paying. When Orlando signed his deal, he got more on that Friday from signing his contract than Dan Dierdorf made in a 13-year Hall of Fame career. <laughs> wow.
3: Just the, the Different times. World. Different world. <laughs> it's the right? times,
2: yeah. Yep. Coming up next, we've got a little rock and roll as we head down the stretch towards uh, another great edition of The Balloon Party with T Mac and Ajax on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented
1: by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Let's rock. Let's rock today. It is
2: time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Matthew Rocky, what do you got for us?
4: There's no goat debate when it comes to the sport of the NBA from the hours of 7 to 10 a.m. on 101 ESPN. There's no debate no, at all. I agree. But we do have to give our flowers to the greatness we get to watch by okay. maybe the second greatest player ever as LeBron James closes in on the scoring title. He will be the all-time scorer and it's not even his best attribute, Carrie. I don't know why you're putting up a three right now. It seems like a weird He's like, Yeah, you're right. He's a good three-point shooter. You're right. No, so, he's, he's not he's Actually, a solid he's three-point he's not, shooter. So he sat down with Michael Wilbon <laughs> to talk about the event, and I loved this little moment where Mike Mike asks him about kind of how his career is going now as an old player, and, and, and if he ever thinks about his greatness as like a 38-year-old compared to what 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 other older players have been able to do in this in this league. At 35, 36, 37, they they didn't do anything
8: like this. Do you surprise yourself? I would say I do. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, yeah, it's 20 years and got to me tonight. Ain't going to be good tonight. And then I get out on the floor and I'm running past 21-year-olds jumping higher than 23-year-olds. I'm I'm just, I feel real good on, on, on how I'm playing the game. Not only physically, but more importantly, just like mentally. I'm, I'm just so much more sharper now at year 20 than I was at year 10 or even year 15.
4: That sounds like somebody who who's pretty good, Cary Davis. I mean, he I mean is, 38 he's 38 years old, jumping jumping over 21 over year olds, running past 21 year olds. It, it's pretty impressive to me. And when you think about the stats, I don't know. I, I think he was.
3: I think he was really good. I think he has been really good. I think he's had, you know, uh, an outstanding career. I think we can all agree. That he will go down as as one of the top five players to ever play. How, how the game. lucky
4: have you been to watch him, Kerry?
3: I've been—I mean, I've been so fortunate to watch the basketball that I have in my in my lifetime. Michael Jeffrey Jordan in the '80s and early '90s. Well, and I had to bring him up. And, and, about and Kobe Bryant and, and during his career, and, and LeBron. You know, it's kind of that may be the order in which I would go <laughs> in terms of you know my Stop my it. basketball preference. That's that's just me, though. You know, everyone has their 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 choice. I mean, he scored a lot of points. He's he's had a lot no, of assists. No, wait, hold, on second, hold on a second.
4: He scored the most points. Not yet.
3: He's number two. He will, he, he will score. He will the score most the most points in the, in either tonight or or on Thursday. But you know, we take our we tip our caps to LeBron James. We don't we don't disregard or disrespect and his talent.
2: He was smart enough. Has been smart enough to recognize the advancements in yes. medicine and science and take advantage. He spends a million and a half dollars a year on maintain, maintaining his body, and he works extraordinarily hard Correct. at it. He had things to help him progress and maintain as a player that people like Kareem and Magic and Larry and Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley did not have, knowledge that those people were able to take we're not able to take advantage of, that to his credit, he did. So yes, he deserves a ton of credit for being able to experience the longevity that he has.
4: I agree. I would argue, though, that the point you made there is the most important one. Kareem's longevity might still be the most impressive thing we've ever seen in basketball. The fact that at that, at that day and age... Considering the pounding he was taking, and I think the, the showtime, uh, the, the series on HBO, did a really good job of like showing how broken and beaten down Kareem was when Magic got there. And the fact that he did it for 20 years is, it, honestly, it, it's, it's more impressive than what LeBron's done. I'll, I'll be 100% serious about that. And,
3: and, and you know, how many, how many seasons has LeBron played? I think this is 20, 2? Michael Jordan played 15. Yeah, 20. He played 15 he missed one full season, one and three-fourths, really, in the prime of his career. He missed three more seasons and came back in in as a 38-year-old, which LeBron is now. If, after winning his third uh, championship in a row, uh, it, what are we talking about, man? Like, people do numbers, they do points, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Yeah, okay, sure. The numbers will tell you that 15 seasons worth of basketball versus 20 seasons worth of basketball, you should score more, correct? uh, That does not mean you are greater than someone else because you played longer. Now, he has had an outstanding career. He has done a fantastic job. He is not – when you go to the awards between the two gentlemen – It's pretty much in Jordan's favor. And and hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not talking – six championships because that's the only argument I need Sean we're not <laughs> talking about that we're talking awards individual awards are still in Michael Jeffrey Jordan's favor and he's played
4: less seasons. and this is why I always give you guys credit I, I had a high, high school teacher who refused to admit that Emmitt Smith was not the greatest running back of all time because he had the most yards and I was like it's Barry or Walter I'm not crazy am I and my the, the the coach Scott Adamant. He has the most yards. He's the best. And I. Gl- we've talked about this before. You guys acquiesce to the fact that Emmett's not the best running back. And so, no. therefore, I'm completely okay with this are. argument. Yeah. Walter Payton for me. I, I would take,
3: I, I got a list of them. I, I, Emmett's top five, but Walter Berry, Marshall, oh. LT. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was I good. Had my Adrian Peterson or, or Jim, Brown, Jim Brown, and then then I would have Emmett top five, yeah. but it's one of those. Yeah,
2: that's and I include those. the other ancillary aspects. That's why I can't put Eric Dickerson on that list, because Eric Dickerson, while a great runner, mm-hmm. didn't do all of the other things great. Yeah. Great job today by our producer-engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. CD, this was fun. My man. I'm a Grand Marshal. Grand yeah. Marshal. Grand
3: Marshal.
2: We got that corrected, right? Can, can we get a cut up of that? I mean, <laughs> hey, uh, Tim McKernan and uh, the, the great uh, Ajax are coming up. Mac and Ajax here on 101 ESPN. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, it'll be Hump Day and Ask Uncle Randy Day. Last Ask Uncle Randy Day before Valentine's Day, so have your questions ready. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 on 101 ESPN. That's right.
0: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by
1: Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.